Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. What's up, listeners and supporters of the Ain't Hard to Tell podcast? We need some help from you and it won't take up too much of your time. As we grow, we always want to hear your feedback, so take a minute or two to fill out a short, anonymous survey. The survey link is right in the episode notes for this podcast. It's easy and takes less than five minutes. As always, we thank you for your continued support. to the Ain't Hard to Tell podcast. I'm your host, Dexter Henry, and we are doing a special live show today. Why? Because it's NBA draft time. So, you know, Brian and I, we're always doing the show regularly. You get it recorded. We want to do something different, something live for the 2021 NBA draft. And to join me to talk about this, of course, first up is my co-host, Brian Fonseca. He's here and he's really excited about all these potential trades. He's been waiting for this all week. He is giddy as hell. Brian, what's up, man? You saw what I said on the chat, so you know what kind of a mood yeah, I'm see, in. Yeah, I see the I'm energy. Gonna, I see the energy. We're going we're gonna to keep that uh, to what it is. But look, I'm doing well. We have two great guests, two very smart basketball minds, one that Ain't Hard to Tell listeners know very well, and one that we're going to be uh, introducing to them. So uh, I'm very excited about both. And uh, yeah, you're going to see a lot of different reactions from me coming in this draft. Holy shit. Yeah, look, look, he's, he's ready. Look, look, look at him already. He's got I'm on his side. energy. Like, he's I, all, like, he's here's, on tonight. here's the thing. And I don't even need that many trades for the stimuli necessarily. <laughs> but because, like, they're, like, listen, we're, I'm telling y'all right now, Monday, we're going to do another one of these for free agency. Like, we're planning on setting that up. And, um, yeah, it's going to be very, very, uh, very interesting set of days. And then if you're, if you know, like me and Dexter are Met fans, we're sort of uh, concerned about what they may or may not do at the trade deadline. We'll put it that way. Yeah, we'll see. Well, we got another Met fan with us. Uh, this guy is well plugged in to college basketball, which is why we had to have him on the show. He recently was on the NBA Exchange with me a couple of days ago, breaking down this draft. The Blackatologist, my man, Jamal Murphy. Murph, what's up, man? What up, what up, what up? How you doing? You, are you as excited? Do you have the same energy as Brian does for this draft? Yeah, on the inside, you know what I'm saying? I got, I got the same energy. Uh, you know, I love the NBA draft. I love hearing uh, so-called draft experts pretend like they know what they're talking about. I never watched one of these dudes play in their life. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> it's great. I'm, I'm hyped. I wonder who you are talking about. And last but not least, somebody join us first time uh, joining stuff with the Backpack Broadcasting Platform, Evan Gualberto. He runs one of what I consider one of the best NBA YouTube channels. Evan, thank you for joining Facts. us. He's a podcaster, you know, coach. He does everything around basketball. Breaks down the video as great as anybody in the game. Ev, what's up, man? Um, I mean, I can't. I have nothing to say to that. Appreciate it. Appreciate the kind words. Excited. 
Well, I'm glad you're. I'm glad you're excited. See, already we can tell nobody has the energy that Brian has, and that is going to be. <laughs> it, it'll come out. It'll come out. Match. We're, we're I always, all, I always get it out of Murph. <laughs> oh yeah, we're all trying to catch up to Brian, Evan. Like we are all trying to match his energy as best we can. So we know Brian's excited for this draft, and there's a lot of talk about this draft. But it's not just the picks. We're gonna go with everybody through these picks tonight. Uh, all the picks for the first round. But we also expect there to be some trades. We expect there to be some action as well going on. We've already seen some action. And let's let's start with the news about a trade that isn't finalized, but one that might come up pretty soon. And this involves the Los Angeles Lakers and the Washington Wizards. This would have the list. Well, this is according to Woj from ESPN. The Lakers are nearing a deal with the Wizards to acquire Russell Westbrook for Kyle Kuzma, Montrezl Harrell, Contavious Caldwell-Pope, and the 2021 draft pick. These are what sources told Adrian Wojnarowski. I saw this and I was like, yeah, all right, here we go. Draft night's getting kicked off. What does everybody think about this? Is this a good move for both the Lakers and the Wizards? Ev, since you're the, you're the newcomer, I'm going to start with you on this. What, what do you think about this potential trade? And it's going down. Come on, bring the Brian energy, man. All right. Um, real quick, I, I don't know. I don't know. It's uh, I, I'm local to D.C., I've been watching Russell Westbrook for, you know, about as long as everybody's been watching Russell Westbrook. I can tell you it's to handle those LeBron sitting minutes because, you know, when LeBron sits, even with those AD lineups, the Lakers just went. So it's probably to remedy that. It's also, it's a high price to pay for somebody that age. But I mean, it's going to be fun to watch at the very least, you know? Yeah, I think it will be. And got, for those watching this live, let us know what you think in, in the chat. Let us know what you think about the trade. Are you like you like this not potential trade? Not finalized yet. Potential trade, we should say. Brian, what's your energy on this trade, man? I mean, we were talking about this a little while ago, but can Russell Westbrook and LeBron James work? I actually like I'm trying to talk myself into it. Um, because you know that in the inevitable event that Anthony Davis is injured. Russell Westbrook is going to be the one being like, yo, I'm going to get these fucking rebounds. Get the fuck out of my way. So you know that that's going to happen. As it pertains to how it would potentially work with LeBron, I'm not sure. I feel like LeBron at this point is uh, obviously, I mean, has always been smart enough to sort of try to make these things work. Is it an upgrade from what they're sending out reportedly, right? Kyle Kuzma, Montrezl Harrell, et cetera, et cetera. Maybe. I would like to see what they do around that. They're definitely going to need shooting. Obviously, as we know, but I mean, it's interesting. It makes the Lakers more interesting. I don't know how much better it'll make them. I think it will help, but it's too early to call because, as we know, there are going to be a lot of moves. Like 50% of the league is probably going to change hands uh, within the next couple of weeks. And we're going to see what else happens in the Western Conference around the Lakers at that point. Murph, what do you, what do you also think about this? Is this a good move for the Lakers? Because, as Brian said, you know, AD's always injured, leads the team and leads the league in appearances to the locker room, either him or Chris has Porzingis. Uh, what, do, what do you say to this? Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm lukewarm to it. I think, you know, I, I'm not going to kill it. I think, uh, you know, Wessel, uh, Russell Westbrook, you know, brings a lot to the table. Um, as we said before, you know, now LeBron can sit down a little bit and, and he kind of has some of those same skills in terms of being able to pass and rebound and, and score at the basket. Uh, you know, obviously, he's not going to give you much in the way of three-point shooting, uh, but he'll take them. So so that's that's an issue there. 
Uh, it's L.A., so it adds, you know, it adds some intrigue to the mix. You know, it's going to be fun. It'll be fun seeing the personality of, of Russell Westbrook on that team. Um, I, you know, I am a Westbrook fan. I think, you know, he plays hard. Uh, so that's infectious a lot of times. So in terms of that, but in terms of, of putting them over the top to win a, to win a championship, eh, I, you know, I don't, you know, I wouldn't bet on that. I know the the Vegas odds have have put the Lakers in a better position because they think they're getting Westbrook now. I wouldn't. I don't really agree with that. I think you know it depends what else what other pieces they add on the perimeter. Um, but it'll be entertaining to say the least. And uh, you know I, I don't knock them for trying. Yeah, you can't knock them for trying here. I wonder the other rumor deal guys that we saw out there was the Lakers possibly getting Buddy Healed. In that you wonder if maybe they should have gone for Buddy Hill with the shooting, or if that's hold on, hold on, play. hold on. Before before you even go down the yeah. Buddy Hill rabbit hole, though, what happens the first time LeBron is passive aggressive with Russell Westbrook? Predictions, please. Uh, <laughs> oh, Russ, 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 Russ will scream on him. Russ will Russ will try to. Hit, he's not afraid. I remember there was a play with Harden. I mean, different personalities, of course, but I remember when he was playing with Harden uh, in Houston and Harden a lazy pass or something like that and Russell mocked him for doing it like he, he, mocked him. he was like, he was like what, was, what was that what was that you know what I'm saying so he's not going to bite his tongue um, he's going to hold everybody accountable including LeBron so it, it, that's what I mean it's going to be fun yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting. You know, uh, Westbrook's not going to take too kindly to that passive uh, aggressiveness there. But does anybody think that Buddy Heald might have been a better fit if that, that's still possibly on the table? Once again, this deal is not finalized. But does anybody think Buddy Heald might have been a better fit? Like, Ev, you, you, you look more things more on the coaching side. Do you think Buddy Heald is more of the shooting that, Lakers, that the Lakers would need on this roster right now? So, I mean, I think... I mean, the problem with assessing trades just by themselves and this early too is the roster's not built out. So if this were like the end of free agency and you knew what the rest of the Lakers looked like, then you could properly assess. But like, yeah, on paper, Buddy Heald is younger. He's a shooter. He can do some stuff off the bounce. He fits ideally alongside, you know, LeBron and AD. Whereas Russ, I feel like, you know, is best if you think about it, like he's bullying the minutes when either LeBron rests or those two rest. So I don't know if Buddy is necessarily the better like player, but he fits better in a vacuum. Also, I mean, if you're giving up the same things for both of them, you want the guy who's been there who can raise the floor of your team like Westbrook can. But like, you know, we'll see how the rest of the roster shakes out. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting. And as Evan said there, that rumored deal for Buddy Hill was pretty much giving up the same stuff. And, you know, there is an argument that Westbrook does raise the floor of the team because he's been there. He's been to All-Star. He's been to Finals, that sort of thing. You know, we'll see how it all, all works out. Did you guys like any of the other pre-draft trades? We expect there to be some more. We are minutes away from the draft starting. We expect there to be some more. Did you guys like any of the other pre-draft trades? Murph, I'll start with you. We had that Memphis-New Orleans trade. That was interesting. Brooklyn traded Landry Shamit uh, to uh, – who they trade Landry? Oh, to the Suns. They traded yeah. him to the Suns. The Wolves also – And got a first-round pick. The a yeah, shitty one, and got still. A first, right. They got, so now the Nets have 29 and 27. Any, anything interesting there, uh, guys? Yeah, I actually, I actually like uh, the Net, what the Nets did there. They flipped uh, Landry Shamit into a late first-rounder and got the kid from West Virginia – 
I forget his name. Right Javon now. Carter. But, but yeah, Javon Carter, great defensive player. He's, he's actually improved on the offensive end at Phoenix. So I think he's a guy who's going to get some, if he, if he ends up with the Nets when all is said and done this season, uh, I think he'll get some playing time and, and people will appreciate him. Uh, and also you get, you get a late round pick, you know, any number of ways you can go there. It's such a great asset to have, I think, in, in a deep draft this season. And Landry Salmon, you know, to get that for him, I think that's a steal because, I mean, he's, he was a solid regular season player. Uh, but we saw, you know, when it comes down to, we saw it in, in L.A. too, that he just is not that guy you can really count on um, when you really need it in a tough situation, particularly in the playoffs. So I think they kind of flipped that into, into some better assets. What about, Brian, what about the deal with Rubio? Because I found that very interesting, and it makes you think about what the future possibly may be for Colin Sexton there in Cleveland. Is this something you like for Cleveland? This also signals that, you know, the Wolves want to see uh, D'Angelo Russell have more time at point guard with him and Anthony Edwards in that backcourt and not have Russell come off the bench where he played pretty well towards the end of last season. I mean, I guess. I just I kind of feel for Ricky Rubio, though, because he's going to Cleveland now. And he's I mean, I think that Cleveland, look, if Cleveland gets Evan Mobley in particular, then no, I wouldn't trade Colin Sexton because I could just have a starting five of Darius Garland, Colin Sexton, Isaac Okoro, Evan Mobley, Jared Allen. And if I'm Cleveland and I want to be optimistic, I'm like, oh, maybe, you know, if Evan Mobley in particular pans out. Uh, in year one and is one of the you know top three four rookies of this class and I think he has a chance to be the best one then yeah you're looking at maybe you can get into play in this year you know extend Jared Allen keep Colin Sexton for another year I don't know if they're going to do that um, which would be unfortunate because of the Sexland backcourt and you know that's my favorite nickname in the NBA however if he does go to Miami then they're going to name him and Jimmy Butler butt sex so we'll see what happens with that oh God. Now, yeah yeah <laughs> Now with, now with Ricky Rubio backing up Darius Garland, dog, I don't know. Like, I I think that he's a, he's a good, uh, as you put it in a chat that we had earlier, low-end starter. But I think that that's more so uh, possibly insurance for, you know, if they were to get rid of Colin Sexton. Though I don't think he should start next to Darius Garland necessarily, but somebody to eat up some minutes there. I do like, however... Like, again, I like the team if Evan Mobley and Gerard's already. He's not even here and he's telling me to chill out. Uh, I like I like for uh, Cleveland to try to get Evan Mobley and make that starting five that I said, because I think that that could actually be fun and entertaining and the way that they should go in terms of building this team. Interesting. Yeah, Gerard checking and saying Evan Mobley is the dude that he would want. This draft shout out to our man Gerard Hector. Uh, he was, that ain't uh, why he said chill me, though. I guarantee you that. Oh, no, he knows what energy you're bringing. That's why he's telling you chill. (laughs) He's like, we're only minutes away from this draft getting kicked off, and he knows exactly what kind of energy you're you're bringing. But let's let's pivot now to the draft and some of the picks for a little bit of a while here because everything has been coming out. There were some rumors, hey, maybe Cade won't be taking number one. Cade Cunningham, that is, with the Detroit Pistons. Then it came out earlier today, the Pistons will take him number one. It seems like the top three is pretty set. Murph, we talked about this on the exchange the other day. Cunningham to the Pistons, is that the right guy? Yeah, I think it's hard to say it's not. Um, he, I agree with everybody who says he's a safe pick um, because, I mean, he's the most put-together, uh, mature player right now. Um, you know, he's a very confident player. And you got to assume he can, he's going to get better also. Um, but he's been that guy for, for a number of years. He didn't disappoint at Oklahoma State. He can do a lot of everything. Um, he can score, he can pass, he can handle the ball, he can play defense, he's clutch. 
um, tough, uh, has the size at six eight, um, ball handling ability. I mean, there's, there's really nothing he can't do now. To, you know, to me, I always look. He looked to me. I feel like he's a he's a Grant Hill type, but not as athletic as Grant Hill. Um, so, you know, you have you have that. But I mean, I, you know, I can't argue with people like J- Gerard, who said you know he would take Evan Mobley because that, there's just so much upside there. I mean, even Jalen Green is upside there. I think the, the top three guys are pretty close, and any one of those three could could uh, come out of this draft looking looking like they should have been the number one pick. How much Evan have you looked at uh, these guys, these prospects in terms of in terms of the draft? And is there anybody that jumps off and excites you? Is it Cade Cunningham? Is it Jalen Green from watching videos? Any of these guys really excite you? I mean, from a breakdown standpoint, like Cade does everything that you want to see. Like I was watching, I was watching film the other day, and like he gets switched on to five sometimes. Shout out to PD Webb, who like I I talk a lot too. He gets switched on to five sometimes, and there's no back down there. You know, he he's unafraid of like any matchup, any moment, and they run like posts up for him. Like to Murph's point, like you know, Grant Grant Hill ish. Like there's no, there's no, it feels like he's not afraid of anything. I feel like if everything bears out, Mobley is a better prospect. But like, you know, that's the problem with the draft. That's the problem with projecting out. It's like if everything hits right, then you know, you end up with this player. You end up with Evan Mobley maxed out. He's a superstar. He can do everything at that size. But is that going to pan out? Who knows? Right. So, I yeah. mean, Cade. Yeah, so you so you would definitely take Cade number one. Brian, what about you? I feel like you might have some uh, different energy towards this as usual. Uh, would you go with Cade at number one? Or is there somebody else that's tickling your fancy? Look, I, I like Cade a lot. I think his ceiling is super high. I would just be curious, like, right, if I had the number one overall pick, what could I get if I move back to number two, just number two, uh, so that I could get Evan Mobley? Because I wouldn't want to take Evan Mobley at number one because I feel like somebody else would want to just take Cade and I can just get something by moving back a spot just to see what it was. I think these are the two best players in this draft. Uh, I like what Kate Cunningham does a lot, uh, as you guys laid out. Evan Mobley, to me, is like, what you can see or what you have seen in terms of these big men of the future or really of the modern day. Like he has some Anthony Davis in him. Some have said Chris Bosh. I see a little bit of Bam Adebayo defensively as well. Like you're starting to throw those kind of names out there that I'm pretty sold because generally I'm not the guy that says you have to take the center. I'm not that guy at all. Um, And, you know, recently we've seen that that's not necessarily the case. You can get certain bigs. This is the kind of big, though, you would want to take early because of his versatility and how he could adapt and how he can really switch off and guard. I mean, we got to see if he can guard one through five at the NBA level, but he has the frame and sort of potential and quickness to potentially do that. He could at least guard, you know, three positions. Well, I would feel comfortable in saying at this point. Um, So I'm very uh, tantalized, as Dexter would say. Uh, by what Evan Mobley uh, could provide. And then we talked a little bit about Jalen Green before. He has what I dub fuck you athleticism. And I'm not somebody who gets wowed by athleticism necessarily. Jalen Green, I mean, you know, Dexter, you were throwing out earlier when we were talking over the phone. You threw out like a little bit of young, like 18-year-old. No, I'm here. 
Okay, I thought you left us for a second. I thought you had so nah, much energy. Nah, 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 nah. I'm, I'm, I'm all here. They're trying to, you know, keep me down. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, <laughs> it's not going to work out tonight. But, yeah, I think that um, he does have some of that uh, young Kobe and Tracy McGrady in terms of the athleticism. Uh, and you could see he has a, a, a nice ceiling as a shooter. Uh, so I think that he intrigues me as well in that top three. I think he goes to Houston, and that makes a lot of sense, though. Yeah, I will say this. I am. I don't want to say I'm high on Jalen Green off what I've seen, but I've been very intrigued. I, I do think there's something to guys that play. And, Evan, you tell me how you feel about this, too, when you're looking at video. Guys who've played against other grown men, and no disrespect to the college game, but he's played against grown men. We've seen the athleticism. Um, not a super guy, a guy who gets high on, oh, man, his kid's an athletic freak, so that's it. But he's got some of the, that FU athleticism that Brian talks about that I like that reminds me a little you bit. You could say it. You yeah. could say it. You're not oh, under yeah. contract. You could. You don't have to censor yourself. Come I on. don't have to censor you. See, you see, you see Evan, he's trying to bring out that energy in me already. And I think his shot is decent already. Our man Gerard Hector checking in on the chat says he has potential to be a good shooter. And I think that is true. That can absolutely happen. But I do like his, you know, I like his bounce. I like what he's showing. He has some confidence. I think he could be good. However, look, if I'm Detroit, I'm taking Cade, and, and that's the pick that's that's been made. Uh, Cade Cunningham will be the number one pick uh, in, the, in the draft uh, for Detroit. But I think Jalen Green is going to be intriguing to see if Houston takes him at two. But I do like what he has to offer. Have you liked what you've seen from him, too, on tape? Evan, at all? Are you seeing what I'm seeing? Are you seeing that fu bounce? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's definitely there. That's the that's the one thing that pops off right away, right? I think to your point, the value of like having guys who play against grown men. So like, guys who play overseas, especially as like 16, 17, 18 year olds, they're playing against dudes who are like that much stronger. You can and like have that better know how you can sort of see how they play the game, how they think the game, how they react at that higher speed. Whereas in college, I don't necessarily know, you know, every now and then you'll come across a top prospect, somebody who's definitely go, going to be going to the league, and then you can measure yourself up there. But I just think like there is so much value in seeing what they're like against not necessarily NBA level competition, but like maybe just a half step below so on and so forth, you know? Yeah, no, it'll be, it'll be very, very interesting um, to see how he develops. So Cade Cunningham, number one pick. I think we all thought that's what would happen. Detroit uh, doesn't do well, anything Woj crazy said that here. shit eight hours ago and he ruined did, it did. for everybody. <laughs> Woj should let us know eight hours ago. <laughs> and for those of you watching the draft and checking in with us, we already know what the number two pick is going to be. Chris Haynes, Chris Haynes reported uh, that his boy from Fresno, Jalen Green, is going to the Houston Rockets at number two overall. That opens the door for, I'm telling you, I think that the Cavs should really get Evan Mobley. I honestly oh, yeah. I did a FanDuel stream not that long ago, and Justin Rowan is somebody, I think he actually works for the Cavs website, and he was saying, like, yeah, this is who I want them to get. And this was some, probably a few weeks. This was the day of the draft lottery, whenever that was. All these days blend together now, so I'm not sure. Evan Mobley next to Jared Allen could absolutely work. because Jared Allen is very selfless, just wants to rebound, block shots, or you know, contest shots at the very least. Doesn't really need the ball like that. He's an excellent rim-running center for what you would want to build around. And then Evan Mobley could do all the other shit outside of that. Like, he can score. He can get the ball. He can switch on defense. 
Mobley versus Jared Allen could work on the inside. That Cavs team, they're going to be a little bit of a league pass favor for me if they do get Evan Mobley and pull the trigger on that. That will be interesting. We'll get back to him in one second. But do you guys, Murph, do you like this Jalen Green fit in Houston with him going to the Rockets at number two? Yeah, I like it. You know, after losing Harden, they get a guy, they get another explosive offensive weapon. Uh, you know, I've been I've become more and more impressed with with Green the last few days, especially just watching more of more of him on film and listening to guys who coached him and stuff like that, and and learning more about it, like his his work ethic and drive ever since high school, um, and then his athletic ability is just ridiculously off the charts. I think you know it's pretty clear that, that he's going to be a star in the league, um, and, and you know. I'm very high on Mobley also. So I think Cleveland's getting a steal at the third pick. They, but to me, they would be getting a steal either way. If, if it were Mobley or if it were Green, um, they were just in a great position to get either one of those guys. Uh, so I think both teams make out here. I wonder, though, Murph, and for, this is for everybody, we we'll just open this up. I wonder, guys, if the Cavs overthink this pick here, right, when we get to, when we get to the eight. Right, because you, you can overthink it to the point where it's like, Hey, we have a big in Jared Allen. We're adding another big in Mobley. Should we do this at all? And, and Evan, let me know what you think because I'm the, I'm I'm of this mindset. Talent wins. You you'll we're getting to that, Gerard. We're getting to that. The Raptors. You'll figure the rest of this out. Okay, you'll figure the rest of this out. I think Mobley's that good. If you believe Mobley's that good, take him. You you, you got to take him. And the rest of this, Brian will say, I'm going to get curse like him the rest of the shit will figure itself out right um brian loves that energy what 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 do you what do you think about that evan should they is it are they overthinking this if they somehow trade the pick and don't take mobley a three so here's here's my hope this is this is me like i i have a bunch of i have a bunch of different ties to the raptors but mostly i want to see mobley on the raptors oh because okay. okay because you you put him with like, I don't know if Pascal Siakam is going to get traded, but the fit I want to see is um, him next to OG Ananobi, who, like, at whatever size he is, I think he's about 6'6", whatever size he's listed as. He's, he, he reminds me of Ben Wallace in a way. He, you know, he can, he can switch on to multiple players. He's kind of like, I kind of call him the middle ground between Bam and Ben Wallace, the way he can be uh, that small and be a center. And so you pair those two guys together, I think they can be dynamite defensively and Maybe it's just the fact that, like, I know a bunch of Raptors people, but, like, I love their development program. So I would love to see him there. If the Cavs overthink it, which they, like Murph said, they absolutely should not, like, I would love to see him on the Raptors, man. Murph, yeah. Murph to you on that, right? The Cavs, <laughs> they, the Cavs could be the Cavs. They, they, could, they could overthink this. How bad, how, you sound like you think this would be a horrible mistake. Of course, uh, of course yeah. it would. Of course, I mean, there's a top tier of three guys, and it's these three guys, really. Um, and, and Mobley, I'm a, I'm a little worried about, uh, you know, the Cavs' development uh, situation, and, and hopefully Mobley gets the proper development that he needs. I do, you know, I'm not a, I'm about 90% sold on Mobley turning into like a, a superstar type of player. Um, but there are parts of his game, you know, he just needs to mature, I think, and, and I'm not so sure – what his offensive mentality is, we'll, we'll get to see that. So that, that's something that's going to need to be developed. So I hope they can do that in Cleveland. But you don't pass up on a on a prospect like this who comes in defensive ready. I mean, he could be a top defender as soon as he steps in the league. 
Okay, so you can't pa- at, at his size. Okay, so you can't pass up on this. If they pass up on this, uh, you know, he, uh, Kobe Altman might as well just you know resign. You know, it would just be ridiculous. <laughs> and he's a Brooklyn kid, so I hope he does the right thing here and takes Mobley. It's the obvious pick. I, I hope so. Now, if the Cavs don't do the right thing, and I like that Brooklyn tie and do the right thing, that was good. Very nice there, Murph. Uh, who would be likely to trade up for him? Would the Raptors want to make a move if they really say, hey, we're going to try to give something to move up to four? But I think that would mean probably parting with Ananobi if you were going to probably try to move up in, in, in some kind of way, one spot at least, or somebody, maybe Sexton. I, I don't know. Uh, do you think there's a team that might really want to go up there to get Mobley? The, the uh, OKC Thunder, perhaps? Does anybody think that's possible? Or... I mean, I'm just I'm thinking of these things where the Cavs can mess this up. I'm thinking of how this can go down. Well, Oklahoma City offer. Oklahoma City's got to do something with all them damn picks. Like I, you, you don't ever play 2K, and then all of a sudden you stockpile too many picks, and you're like, what the fuck do I do with all this? I got to trade it all to consolidate for something. Like that's how I feel like Oklahoma City is going to be at some point because right, they well, have so many picks. Well, we do have news here. A couple, a couple bits of news. One, Cleveland will select Evan Mobley at three, so they did not mess this up. Uh, Can you (laughs) please – I'm going to read it the way Woe's fucking worded this. Cleveland has imagined USC seven-footer Evan Mobley playing on a front line with Jared Allen, some four men, some five. Cavs believe he's a franchise player. Like, the way he's saying it, just sort of dancing around, saying that they picked him because – remember the whole thing a couple years ago about him spoiling picks and the league didn't want him to do that because he's with ESPN. So I found that very um, well interesting. Russell Westbrook – oh, shit. Well, that's the next thing I'm going to do, guys. The Wizards have agreed. There's an agreement. This is a done deal. The Wizards have agreed to trade Russell Westbrook. 2024 second-round pick. 2028 second round pick to the Lakers for Kyle Kuzma, Davis Caldwell Pope, Montrose Harrell, and number 22 tonight. So the Lakers actually get some. Read that one more time, please. All right. One more time. Wizards agreed to trade Westbrook, a 2024 second rounder, 2028 second rounder to the Lakers for Uh Kuzma, KCP, Montrose Harrell, and number 22 tonight. So the Lakers end up getting Westbrook, two future second round picks. And they give up their first tonight, along with KCP, Kuzma, and Montrez Harrell. This is a done deal. Thoughts, guys? Woo! Oh, right, here we go. Shit. Here we go. We got the energy. Okay, look, look. <laughs> let me let me say this real quick. The more I think about it, I'm like, all right, I I don't know. I have to think about how much Russ improves that, right? How much he improves them with the Lakers, but. If you're asking me if I'd rather have Russell Westbrook than Kyle Kuzma, Contavious Caldwell, Pope, and Montrez Harrell, you know, I might take Russell Westbrook in that and just figure out the rest of the shit later. I mean, the two yeah. second-round picks are sort of are what they are. I don't even think I said that correctly. And then with LeBron James, I just trusted him to figure it out. They need they need some shooters, though. But I love that they have Russell Westbrook as a competitor. And look. What two dudes in the NBA want to win as badly as LeBron James and Russell Westbrook at this stage of their careers? So we'll see. I'm concerned about the health for all three of their stars, but we'll see. I think I think it's interesting at the very least. All right, I'm, I'm man Gerard Hector checking in on this. I think he brings up a point that's at least somewhat fair. Uh, Evan, are you concerned about spacing with this team now with Westbrook and LeBron on the court? Yeah. Oh yeah, I mean, I was, I was, con- I was concerned before when it was when it was Bron and AD. You know, it's. <laughs> 
so so my thing real quick is everybody gets to talk about Russell Westbrook. If you're a if you're a low end contender, you can add like a guy like KCP. Go ahead and pick him up if you can, because I mean, mm. the, the Wizards aren't going to do anything with him. I think he provided great value in the bubble, especially in that playoff yeah. run. Like I said it once on the podcast, I was just like, if KCP is going to KCP, then there's nothing you can do <laughs> with the Lakers, and that's that's just it. Like if he's hitting, what are you really going to do with Westbrook and the Lakers? <laughs> I got to see what the other pieces are because I think uh, right now off the top of my head, I think the only other person on roster besides those three is Mark Gasol. So it's not a lot of spacing there as of right now. So, you know, there, there, yeah, there is not a lot of spacing there at all. They kept kept Taylor Horton Tucker. They They didn't trade him in that deal. They did not trade him in that deal. So he's not, he's not spacing much either. Well, he, he and Alex Caruso are restricted free agents, but yeah, that's true. He and Alex Caruso are restricted free agents. And I wonder, and I want to toss it to Murph, but I wonder what this means in terms of the potential of like keeping those guys, Alex Caruso in particular, because I think that they're going to need somebody to guard other point guards, other ball handlers. Well, I also wonder, guys, what what does this mean now with this domino falling with this trade? And, you know, Brian was hyped about the transactions. He's probably jumping for joy inside. You know, you might not be seeing it, people, but he probably is. I also wonder what this now means for Bradley Beal. And we've heard a lot of talk mm. about the Golden State Warriors. They have picked seven and 14. Will they try to get those? We've heard packages around Andrew Wiseman. Uh, excuse me, Andrew Wiseman. Uh, Andrew Wiggins. I was mixing up two key players there. <laughs> and, and Wiseman. <laughs> that sounded like a player to me. I didn't even this correct you. Player. You're like, Andrew Wiseman. Sounds good. Um, those two guys, Wiseman and Wiggins, uh, along with seven and 14, possibly going to Washington. You know, I Bradley Beal, you know, Westbrook goes out. Brian mentioned this to me earlier. Where we've seen Westbrook go out after another star is left and is gone. We saw this with Paul George. We saw this um, in the case of Harden being, you know, being traded. He got out before they were able to trade Harden. When Westbrook sees the ship sink, sinking, he's like, nope, I'm out of there. Sounds to me like they might be moving Beal here. Do we think Beal gets traded tonight? Do we see that happening at all? Murph, what do you think? I mean, all reports say no. I mean, you know, Sham said that uh, he reported earlier today that uh, Beal is happy in in Washington, which sounds funny, just to say that you know he's happy there. I wonder. I wonder if. I wonder if uh, he. You know, he heard that Westbrook was being traded, and maybe he wanted to stay. I don't know. You know, I, I don't. <laughs> I don't want to throw any shade out there. I'm just curious. I'm just trying to figure all this stuff out. You know, but um, no, I don't. I don't think he, it doesn't look like he's going to go anywhere. Um, it looks like for now the Wizards will try to build something around him. I don't know if this trade accomplishes much of that. I mean, you got Montrez, Harold, you got uh, KCP. I mean, and Thomas Bryant, Montrez Harold, and Thomas Bryant. Right. So uh, yeah, I don't know. He's not going to have much. He doesn't have much of a team right now. Uh, so we'll see what the Wizards do. But you know, uh, I, I I predict that Beal stays put. Beal staying put tonight. That should be very interesting. Yeah, sure. Go ahead. Do we think that Buddy Heal is still attainable using whatever sign and trade method they have to use with like based around Taylor Horton Tucker, possibly Alex Caruso also? But I'm wondering, like, could they? they 
Because I feel, I think we would all agree that even though Buddy Heald is not seen as the better player, he's probably the better fit next to LeBron James and Anthony Davis, probably a good by a good amount. So I'm wondering if you're not going to keep Taylor Horton Tucker and you're not going to keep Alex Caruso. I don't know if they are, they are what their plans are necessarily, but can you sort of package them in some sort of sign and trade and try to land Buddy Heald, whose contract is not as bad as people think. It's like $22 million roughly, then 20 and then 18 For somebody who averages 16, 17 points per game and then uh, is shooting like 40% from three. I'm going to ignore yeah. Gerard, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, but, but I feel I feel there's a fair question. But what do the Lakers really have to give? If you're Sacramento, exactly. why, if you're Sacramento why would you do that deal? You know, that's I, – I don't want – no disrespect. I don't want Alex Caruso and Taylor Horton Tucker. And what, are you going to give them the, the two second-round picks you just got from the Wizards? Eh, that doesn't what, really entice what, me. What is Sacramento doing? I mean, I mean that's, a, that's like a trick <laughs> Well, that's, that, a, trick that's question. a question for Yeah, that's a, tri- yeah. that's a trick question. But, but I, you know, I hear people say, oh, we're going to get – first of all, they, they got rid of – or, you know, Bogdanovich is gone. You know, so remember uh, last season was like, oh, we can't have Heald and Bogdanovich. They're basically the same. You know they, you know they, they want to shoot, blah blah blah. So you, so now you have Bogdanovich gone. So you would think that Heald would be fine there, but now they're saying they want to play Halliburton and uh, Fox and Fox exactly. together. Mm-hmm. But but they're both really point guards. Like what are we do? What is Sacramento doing? Yeah, we got another trade. We uh, never and, know what Sacramento's that, doing to answer your question. Is, what they should do is keep my guy Rashawn Holmes, but he actually deserves better than Sacramento, so never mind. Let's do the pick first, and then we'll talk about this other trade, all right? This goes to uh, Evans plugged in with this team, the Toronto Raptors. He's talked about that. The Raptors, I think a lot of people here thought they were going to take J- uh, Jalen Suggs. I thought they would. They do not. They take Scotty Barnes at four. Scotty wow! Barnes. Wow! Wow! Now, that, Murph, my guy, Scotty Barnes. Thank you. Somebody that knows. Is, that is Somebody Murph's knows guy. Do it. That is Murph's guy. Uh, Evan, I'm sure you've watched some some film on on Barnes as well too. Some people I've heard this on a podcast day said that well, not today, a couple days ago. He's a zero level scorer. I know Murph disagrees with that. <laughs> yeah, zero level <laughs> scorer is pretty harsh. It's pretty harsh, Evan. Do you think this is a good fit for the Raptors? And you talked about how much you trusted. The development of the player development in the Raptors, Scotty Barnes is a guy that seems could fit in pretty well there, correct? So here's my thing. Like I um with draft stuff, I'm not gonna claim to know like how things translate, but like like I said, PD Webb's my guy. He said Scotty Barnes has an outside shot of being a top four guy, you know? And and like with the Raptors infrastructure, like that's that's the place I'd want him. If you yep. if any team was gonna take a gamble. It's, it will be the Raptors, and they're the only team I trust to grab a guy and maximize that potential. I really like – I don't – I mean, I don't know that it would be the most popular thing among Raptors Twitter especially because, I mean, that fan base is insane. But, like, <laughs> Barnes with Toronto, that's what I would like to – like, they are going to get everything out of him, I think. And wow. if you get everything out of that kid, you, you're going to get a whole lot. Because that kid can do it all. Um, a lot, you know, he has to, okay, he has to work on his shot. Okay, fine. He's like 19, okay? <laughs> but like I said, that was totally overblown because I've seen him hit clutch shots. Like, all season long, he was hitting game-winning shots. Zero he was never, level he was score, never, Mark. He was never afraid to shoot. Like, that's not, confidence is not his problem. And then the length, he could be still growing. He can pass. He can handle. He's a great guy in the locker room. 
and the more I thought about the, the Jalen Suggs thing to, to Toronto, because everybody was saying that, and it made sense, you know, when you first thought about it, because like, oh, he's going to replace Lowry. But then I was like, they got Van Vliet. You know what I'm saying? Like, who, who's a point guard also? So they don't really need a, a, a pure number one, you know, a point guard, because they have one, even if Lowry leaves. So I think the Scotty Barnes thing is, is a great pick. Yeah, I think this is the first shakeup for a lot of people's mock drafts because I rarely saw a mock draft where I didn't see Jalen Suggs pass four at all. So this is a sort of a shakeup. And then you even had some people having Barnes slip. We saw Barnes around uh, six there. Now, there also was a trade, guys. Indiana is sending number 54, uh, number 60, and two future seconds to Milwaukee for number 31. So they get right there to the top of the second round uh, there. So Interesting move there for Indiana. They're trying to acquire some more talent under new head coach Rick Carlisle. So it'll be very interesting. Uh, we oh, there's some Scotty Barnes fans here. Got somebody checking in on YouTube. Frederick Bogura says it makes sense. Size next to Fred Van Fleet. The team defensively just got better, honestly. So people are liking the Scotty Barnes pick. I don't know about the people that said he was a zero level scorer, <laughs> but uh, maybe we should uh trust. I mean, listen, Evan says it and it's. It's proof in the pudding, right? We've seen the Raptors player development work. We've seen it with a lot of these guys. Siakam, Ananobi, uh, Chris Boucher this past year had a, had some really good moments for them as well. So we've seen the player development work for these guys. So, yeah, I mean, why not? Uh, Murph, you sound like you are going to be, next year you're going to be insufferable. Scotty Barnes starts balling out and you're going to be like, I told you. Let, let, him, let him when he when he drops twenty for the first time. I'm be like, yeah, zero level scorer. Okay, you know, what I'm <laughs> like, like, give me give me a break with that. Yo, you, you know what? The the more I think about it, though, I feel like obviously Toronto's like up to something. I don't know what direction they're gonna go, but OG Ananobi, you know, Fred VanVleet, we pretty much can all agree that Kyle Lowry is probably gonna be gone from there, and. Pascal Siakam, Chris Boucher, as you start like continue to name names on this roster, I'm like, there's some sort of move that they're gonna make. Don't know what it is, but I think that uh I think that Scotty Barnes is still in a great place in terms of developmental because as we mentioned, in terms of player development, they're one of the best in the NBA and they've proven that, you know, for a while now, the last few years, with Fred Van Vliet being an undrafted fine and Chris Boucher coming out of nowhere, getting like most improved player votes, like this is a great spot for Scotty Barnes, I must say. And now uh, Woz is saying that Jalen Suggs is going to Orlando. And yep. uh, <sighs> I like Jalen Suggs, but, man, Cole Anthony, Markel Fultz. Wow. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, you yeah. know, I like I, – I, I, You got to trade somebody. I never know what Orlando's doing, and it's disappointing because in terms of cities in America that have a lot of Puerto Ricans, Orlando is right up there, and the Orlando Magic is a team that I would want to see do well. But, I mean, I I just never know what they're doing. To be fair to to the Magic here, you know, I think you can say they took the best player available, right? They're going to let the talent sort of figure it out. Yes, it's a crowded backcourt, you're right, especially in terms of at the point guard position. I tend to agree with Murph. You got to trade somebody here. Uh, but I like Jalen Suggs. I am high on Jalen Suggs. Yeah. I think Jalen Suggs is going to be a good player. I hate the term winning player. And Cole Anthony can play the two. Our producer Greg says, I don't agree. I don't know whatsoever. <laughs> I don't know about that at all. Yeah, Suggs so he, is probably the guy that plays two out of all of them. I can see that more. Yeah. Let me, and let me mention this real quick. Yes. Um, Markel Fultz. 
three years, $50 million contract he signed a while back. That starts this year. Okay. So, like, you owe Markel Fultz $50 million. I don't think there are any play, uh, player option, team option. I don't think there are any options. Someone correct me if I'm wrong. I will have to look at that. But he's starting that contract. So, I mean, there's a commitment there as well. I don't know if Jalen Suggs, you know, gets flipped because that could still happen. But, you know, we'll see. We shall see. That, yeah, that'll gotta, be gotta, interesting. I agree, though. You got to take the best player available there. I don't think yeah. – especially because it drops off after, you know, the top five. You know, so I mean, what are you gonna do? Take you know, take a chance on book night. You know what I mean? There's no Suggs is the best player available right now. Yeah, so sometimes I'm with that in figuring out. I think this next pick that we're coming up with the Thunder is really interesting. What they do there, I think a lot of people thought the Thunder Man, might fuck that. Give up. me another trade, Dex. Another well, well, Give me another gonna, trade. well see, I was I was going to I was going to get that. And I wanted I, I, I was wondering would the tr- Thunder now think about maybe trading down? Do they want to try to you know, depends on how Murph, you think there's a big drop off here. Not a bit. Well, yeah, yeah actually, I, I think, well, I mean, Kaminga, I think talent wise, he might be on that level. Um, people are kind of down on him, it seems. So I think just straight up talent potential, I think Kaminga's not, not a huge drop off. Um, you know, I like Book Knight, but I, but I, but, you know, Suggs to Book Knight, I, I think is a, is a drop. Yeah. Uh, Evan, is there any guys you've looked at that you might think have the best? Who, who do you think is the best, next best player available right now uh, here in the draft for somebody to look at, or somebody's caught your eye? I don't. So I mean, like Murph said, and I mean, I would, I would default to whatever Murph says as of right now, anyway. <laughs> but like, it's that, it's that five, and then looking at the different projections, different mocks, like. You know, you got guys who like six to fourteen, they go just about anywhere. And then after that it's fourteen through forty and whatever. So it's just like you you take you take the known quantity as best you can. And even if it's a miss, like are you are you gonna rock with Cole Anthony and Markel as the backcourt? I mean, is that is that the backcourt of the future? If they develop, if things if things work out. It's a Cinderella story for Kel. Great, but you can't bet on that. You can't. So, right, and and Suggs Suggs was the sure thing there. I feel like well, I mean nobody's a sure thing in the draft, right? I would say this draft is you know, it's a crapshoot. There's no locks here, but you have to go. I, I think what you're saying, Evan, is you got to go which player you think makes the most sense in terms of value, and you know, three years, fifty million for Fultz. That's a lot to figure out, but. Uh, <sighs> That's what the GMs get paid the big bucks, right, guys? That's what they get paid to do. Somebody's got to pay that. I, I, I and I like Fultz. I haven't given up on Me Fultz. Um, but we'll just, see. I mean, you got hurt. Fultz, you can have Fultz, Cole, and Suggs. And if they actually have those three guys going into training camp, that it'd be fun to watch to see how they battle against each other. Uh, how you know who who stands out the most? I kind of like out of those three. I kind of like Suggs though. You know, I, I, I saw what Suggs did last year, all season at Gonzaga. I mean, he was a, he was tough, man. He was a beast on uh, both ends of the floor, high IQ, very athletic, um, you know, very down down to earth, even, you know, on and off the court. So I, I kind of like Suggs there. And I'm, I've always been a big Cole Anthony fan since he was a kid in the city, but um, Suggs is tough. Yeah, so Suggs is tough. I think he can have an impact there. You know, we also got to remember he still have Wendell Carter Jr. on that team. They're going to be looking to develop him further. 
you know, that's, that's what it comes down. Uh, you know, that's definitely what it comes down to with Orlando. Can they develop these guys? Can they find the right guys? There has to be a little luck, like Evan's talking about. You got to hope some of these guys pan out in, in some sort of way, whether it's Cole, whether it's Folks. You, you got to hope for that, you know. But uh, Suggs, no doubt, to me, is the best player that was left on the board here. Now, this, to me, is where the draft gets really interesting. And I do mm-hmm. think you're right, Evan. I think Evan's completely right on this, right? 7 to 14. I mean, yeah. you can go any way you like. It's just about who you think. Maybe this is where you might draft more for fit because there's so much commonality in terms of value for these players. But you can, somebody could take boot night next, right? right. Somebody what, might. What's really fit? What does that even mean? You know, I'm you not know. even sure. You don't even know who, how, who these – Well, for, know, for, how, for Oklahoma these City, for Oklahoma City, it don't mean shit because exactly. they, they don't really got much right on their roster right now. Like I, like, I understand it's a draft, but it's like, yo, I want, like, is Shea, is Shea Gildas Alexander going to get traded? That's what I want to talk about now. Because I, we we're seeing some smoke where Oklahoma City is like, you know, uh, where he's available, but we're not quite sure if we want to deal him. And Shea Gildas Alexander, I, look, I don't know, but you can get a lot back for him. The, the tricky thing about, we've talked about this with um, Colin Sexton as well, Shea Gildas mm-hmm. Alexander like everyone else in this draft class. One more year, you have to extend them. And he's probably going to be somebody that is going to want a max contract. And if he does what he did this past year, rightfully so. However, if Oklahoma City is going to tank again, is that going to be something that he wants to be involved with? That's what I wonder about as well. Like, I'm not saying he's going to ask for a trade, but I think he could potentially get a lot back. And Oklahoma City is obviously trying to just get as much draft capital as possible. They have Kemba Walker now, which people I think forget about. And they're probably going to turn him into something positive and then trade him in February to whomever needs a point guard at that point. So I wonder if this sixth overall pick, whoever it is, is going to like sort of impact SGA's future as a potential star and potential future all-star in this league. Well, I'll tell you what, when we have the information rolling in like it has been in the early part of this draft, and now we're kind of in this bit of a lull, it makes me wonder if OKC is trying to trade this pick at all in some way. Are they trying to make some sort of last-minute deal? It's going to be very interesting because I don't know who they take here. Do they go Kaminga's a guy that has a lot of upside? Do they go, do they do that? You know, but, like, this is why, like Evan said, between 7 and 14, who knows? I, I have no idea what they are going to do here we are going to wait for a word on that and what comes in here but guys also want to talk about there was a trade uh, a couple days ago that really impacted some things now we're fucking talking yeah here we go the energy for the trade (laughs) you see guys energy for the trade all right here's the pick we'll get back to that in one second oklahoma city according to sources will be picking at number six they're going with a little international flavor josh giddy at six. Okay. From Who, Australia. Australia. Us from yeah. Australia. Played in the NBL. Showed a lot of talent in terms of passing the ball. Uh, it still seems like there needs to be some improvement on his shot. But he does seem to be a fantastic passer. He even looked good in the exhibition games. We saw with him playing with Australia. He hasn't been playing the Olympics, obviously, because he doesn't want to get hurt before the draft. Uh, but Josh Giddy as, as a pick here. What do you guys think about Giddy? Is this a good pick for OKC? Is this the the best fit. I mean, OKC needs talent, and he's got some upside. There's my answer. Yeah. Next. I mean, really, it really, <laughs> it really goes with the what Ev, it goes with the Evan just said, like about 
there's a crapshoot from here on out. Like it could be anything from, from here to 14. Any of these players could go anywhere. But I, I think Kemba Giddy and SGA could be fun. But like, oh, I forgot Kemba was on the roster. Damn, I forgot about that. So here, here's my thing with Giddy. The he's got he's got the balls to throw some passes that like I don't see very many even professionals throw like in in like pickup games or anything. Like the way he's just like he's not afraid, and he's I think he's like six eight. So if he turns into if you can maximize his passing, like on the low end, if he turns into Joe Ingles, like that's a solid NBA level pro. But if he turns into something else, then you're looking at like Poku, who's who's basically a seven foot wing. Look at SGA, who is you know his burden of creation last season, like the way he had to do everything and basically off the bounce. And you know he was a top tier talent like before he got hurt. Yeah, you know bad team big stats guy but i really think that what sj was doing like not many people could do given that roster construct if you now you're talking about the three of them together i think i think that's a lot of fun i think you're going to see some like some reckless irresponsible basketball get played and that's going to be so much fun <laughs> perfect for that team now i'm sold on the thunder and also listen dex you know this yes. better than i do these white people are going to be going crazy when Josh Giddy and Poku take the floor together. You know that shit is good. All the NBA reporters that have podcasts, some of them uh, that we actually like also, they're going to be going crazy when Josh Giddy and Poku make highlights together. So I guess a win, a win-win for Oklahoma City. They're, so you're basically saying they're going to be Giddy over Giddy and Poku? Uh, is, that, is, that, is that what they're going to be doing? Oh, uh, the low-hanging fruit. Hey, it was low-hanging fruit there. But listen. Maybe this is the way people are looking at stuff to to what uh, Evan is saying as well, right? You can never have enough passing or playmaking. You know, you also can never have enough shot creation or shot making too, which is also important. But guys that can make plays with the ball in their hands, we'll see how good Giddy is with that. As Evan said, he hasn't seen a pass that he would not like to make. He can make the elite level passes that we can see with Doncic make, a Trey Young, LeBron James, obviously. Those guys that can make those cross-court passes, skip passes, between two defenders, he can do that kind of stuff. Now, will he not turn the ball over? I don't know. That'll be that'll be really interesting to see. So that that could be uh, really interesting to see. And Shams has uh, reported that OKC traveled last week into California to have a private meeting with Josh Giddy uh, per sources, per sources, and then they drafted him tonight. So very very interesting there. From the uh, same league that Lonzo Ball and RJ Hampton. Uh, came from also in Australia. Yeah. It's, Good it's league got, out there yeah. too. Like one, of the, gotta, one of the best pro see. leagues in the country. I, I mean, in the country, see. in the world, in the fucking country. What <laughs> <laughs> are the best pro leagues? You're, league a, you're such world. an American. You're such an American. Yeah, oh, try to listen. Not respect for basketball around the world. Come on, Brian. No respect for basketball around the world. Just uh, disrespecting these other leagues. From man. the guy, from the guy who watches fucking BSN PR pro games in Puerto Rico. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, La yeah, Liga, yeah. you know what I mean? Look, I'm the guy who revealed on this podcast that if you look hard enough in NBA 2K17, you can find Luka Doncic on Real Madrid. He just has like a 56 overall. Okay. Well, that, was a that, mess. that was low. He was like 16, 17 years old. <laughs> he was still he, not a 56 overall. That's my point. <laughs> Even at 16, 17. They didn't know who he was. That's their fault. They messed up. They messed up on that. Like that's, 
That's their fault. Uh, does anybody have any idea who's going to get picked next? Could it be Boot Knight? Could it be uh? Wait, we it could be little, anybody. He's on the board. Probably Boot Knight. But we were going the, the we were going the Pelicans. I want to talk about that Pelicans trade because we were going yeah, I'm that sorry. direction before, before that. that. We go in that direction with yeah, the Pelicans and, you know, trade. It's, oh, it's, it's 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 all about the trades for me. But like, <laughs> with, with Joe, what was it, Dex? Uh, completely right. It was Jonas Valanciunas. Oh, right. For Eric Bledsoe and Steven Adams. And there was some sort of draft compensation involved there. But and the swap, the swaps between 10 and 17, and then the swaps of their second round picks. The numbers of those, the numbers of those are escaping me right now, but they swapped first round picks this year. Uh so the Pelicans went down from 10 to 17, where Memphis had a Memphis moved up seven spots, uh, along along with taking on the contracts of Bledsoe. And Stephen Adams. So the, year, the year after they added them, right, right. The so it was, it was the Pelicans. You know, they made a they they did the ridiculous move getting those two guys last year, and then they trade them. They realize that, and they get rid of both of them this year. And under the circumstances, I'll take Valanciunas because that's not that's not a bad guy to have. Murph, do you like him next to Zion? Because that's your boy. Yeah, yeah, because you know, so he gives him a little spacing. He, uh, Valanciunas is a very, very versatile on on offense. He can hit, he can shoot from the outside, so it gives Zion it gives Zion space. Evan, what do yeah. you think? Zion, yeah, Zion, I mean, and Valanciunas. I'm I'm working on a Valanciunas video right now because I think mm. I mean, Ja obviously the 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 Grizzlies' best player from last year, um, most important probably, but like night in night out. Like I'm watching it now, like going through. I'm on game like 65 right now before I get to the playoffs. But like the way Valanciunas plays, it doesn't really matter who else is around him. Like he's not clogging the paint like mm. Stephen Adams was or anything like that. So like the fact that he can come in there, he, I mean, is anybody gonna survive in the paint with Valanciunas and Zion in there? I don't know. But they can play high low. Zion is a I mean, at this point, he's not an underrated passer, but he's a he's a good passer. JV also a good passer. Like they're gonna they're gonna beat up some people inside. Yeah. Mm. I, I so I'm I'm also intrigued from the aspect of like so I think the Zion and Valanciunas thing uh, can work. However, they want Kyle Lowry, which is what we're seeing a lot of other Pelicans do. And to me, while I can see that. If from Kyle, I'm probably not doing that at this stage of my career unless they pay me like an obscene amount of money. But whatever, I'll go to New Orleans and be there for Mardi, Mardi Gras and shit with Zion. But like in terms of timeline, Lonzo Ball, I feel like it's perfect for them. And they have that money where I don't know if they're going to you know, match any offer that he gets. And I think the Knicks should be pursuing Lonzo Ball hard, which you've heard me say before in terms of, you know, needing a floor general, a guy that can knock down three-pointers, like actually getting a point guard and putting the ball in his hands more than he had it last year. <clears throat> I think that's something that can make sense. But I think that they should just keep Lonzo Ball instead of trying to pursue Kyle Lowry because for what? Like Zion's really young. Lonzo Ball throws him amazing alley-oops. <laughs> and obviously, you know, his three-point shot and his free throw shot has gotten a lot better he doesn't get some but i think that uh you know they should be able to like pull that off so i'm surprised at how much they like kyle lowry so i'm interested to see what happens there because we've heard kyle lowry linked legitimately about four or five teams though the lakers are one of them and i'm not sure if that's necessarily still the case 
no, that's not the case anymore. Yeah. That's definitely not, <laughs> not, definitely not going to happen. Golden State will be picking Jonathan Kaminga at seven. Okay. Uh, Woj and Shams both reported there's a lot of discussions around trades uh, mm. for that, but Woj just also said that the trade talks are now dwindling, so it appears Golden State will keep Kaminga at seven, a player with a lot of upside there and athleticism. I wanted yeah. to ask... I'm still skeptical that they keep him, though. It's, yeah, we'll we'll, we'll see. We'll see. And I, I wanted to ask um, Evan about this, too, because he brought up with Valanciunas and his ability to space the floor, which I think is definitely helpful for New Orleans. Do you see Valanciunas, and from what you saw, he didn't attempt that many threes per game last season. I think it was just under one a game, like something like yep. 0.8 or something uh, about that. Do you see him in the, in his new role with the with the Pelicans? Do you see him taking more threes? Are they going to require that of him? Is that something you think he'll be comfortable from what you've seen from his game thus far to do that? So so here's here's my thing. It's uh, He's willing to shoot the three, which is, I mean – this is a different conversation, right? Because like right. you can you can space the floor all you want. If you're not gonna shoot that shot, no one cares. Right? It's the it's the Marc Gasol principle of like, man, he can really space the floor. But if he's not shooting that shot, who cares? Um with Valentunas, my favorite thing in the world is he, he'll pump fake. And if you bite, it's over. He's at the rim or he's at the <laughs> he's at the nail, floater, cash. So he's willing to he's willing to pump on that shot, and if you don't have that discipline, you're done. So I don't think it matters that he is going to shoot as much because like he only made like he made under 33s on the season, but he attempted one, and based on the film that I'm watching, I guess the scout isn't out on him yet because when he pump fakes, people bite. Like Serge Ibaka, who was his teammate in Toronto for like half a season, they like he bit. <laughs> on the pump fake blow by dunk like what are you doing you know so he'll 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 act like it his pump fake is what's the word it's convincing enough to make you think he's gonna shoot it and that's all he needs that's all he needs again guy who attempted less than a three per game last last season i think we'd like to see him do more but like because you feel like at some point uh, evan people are gonna catch up and be like all right maybe we shouldn't bite on that pump fake but it hasn't happened yet, so who knows? Uh, coming in at eight, Orlando has the eighth pick. They are picking Franz Wagner. Oh, uh, with, with this pick, <laughs> Murph, you're not you're not you're not a fond of this pick at all. No, I mean, you know, I mean, you know, I, I only you know, I saw him a few times uh, during the college <laughs> season. I was I was never really impressed. He does have a he does have an NBA body. Um, his brother. Of course, is in the league. Uh, his brother was actually better, a better college player than he was, but he, but um, he's younger. Um, so yeah, I, there, it was just something about Wagner that I, I didn't understand uh, why he was so, why he's so well thought of um, at this stage. But you know, a lot of people are high on him. He was, he was in everybody's mock uh, top ten pretty much. Um, so we'll see. But you know, I've never been high on him. Are, is anybody here shocked at him being taken over boot night here? Because I thought a lot of people might have thought that would have been a logical pick for the Magic at seven, excuse me, eight, excuse me. But uh, they go with Wagner here. Uh, Murph, I know Murph's probably like, no, he probably would have took boot night over here. Anybody shocked about that as well? I mean, I'm not shocked. It's, uh, it's We were just talking about this. It's like, I mean, Suggs is, is definitely the better player. It's like, 
but if you're throwing like Book Knight in there, like that's that's four guards, and we were wondering how the three of them fit together. So like, mm. I get yeah. it from the standpoint of like, oh, you know, we can see what happens. Like, let's take a flyer on him. Like, it's an upside thing, I think. But right. like Murph is saying, like, I mean, I I like Wagner defensively. Like, he can do he can do more than what he looks like he can do, but. You know, it's. I think for me, it's what Orlando's doing is like. I don't know who they have on roster that they could keep. I know they have Mobamba. I know Jonathan Isaac is hurt. Um, right. I got your roster right here. That's exactly <laughs> what I'm looking up. Because Come I'm on, like, inspire, right, inspire, got... inspire the Magic fans. Inspire them. Um, I'll try. Inspire. They got Suggs. That's that's the good thing. look. They got Suggs. They got Wagner, who you know a lot of people are high on for reasons. Um. Gary Harris is there next year, who I completely forgot about as we're talking about their loaded backcourt. Uh, granted, he's an oh, expiring wow. contract. Um, I assume they'll try to flip him at some point, maybe even buy him out. But it's going to be $20 million, so we'll see about that. Jonathan Isaac, remember him? He got injured. Um, he is signed to a four-year, about $70 million deal that begins this year. So beginning this year, you're paying Markel Fultz and Jonathan Isaac a combined nine figures um, starting this year. Annually, it's obviously not nine figures, but in total, right? So Jonathan Isaac begins a four-year deal, $17.4 million a year straight through. Markel Fultz, as we already mentioned, 16 and a half, 16 and a half, then 17. Um, and the last one is not fully guaranteed for whatever that's worth. Um, Terrence Ross is still there, and we saw some reports earlier today that Terrence Ross is in some trade talks or whatever. I feel like he always is, but he's got a couple years left on his deal. Mo Bamba's still there. He's in the last year of his deal. Wendell Carter, uh, Cole Anthony we've talked about. Chuma Okiki, he's there. Uh, Michael Carter-Williams is still there, apparently. Uh, RJ Hampton, again, another guard. (laughs) And Dwayne Bacon. Uh, is also on a not fully guaranteed contract for this season. So uh, Mo Wagner apparently was there and is not any longer. So they got his brother now. I don't know if they're going to keep it <laughs> together. But, yeah, there's your 2021-2022 uh, Orlando Magic. Well, for and, now. Yeah, I, look, their rosters are always cluttered. Like, I remember they had, like, Alfaro Camino, Jonathan Isaac, and another three, four tweener uh, just sort of bumping into each other a couple years ago. I think that was the DJ Augustine team that beat the Raptors in game one and then lost in that series. But like a lot of people, you know, were inspired by that. Um, Look, I don't know. I, I could, And I can't even begin to like try to figure out who their best player is. I think some people would say that it's Jalen Suggs right now, which is interesting. Um, Depending on how you feel about Jonathan Isaac and, uh, I guess Cole Anthony, like, yeah, I mean, look, I hope they have their pick for next year. <laughs> I oh, hope they're so. Gonna, they're gonna so have they'll, have, they'll have a high one. They'll have a high one because they got a lot of they got a lot of moves. They, they can still there's still time, guys. It's still they have a lot of high picks starts. though. Like they just got Mo Bamba in like the top five. You know what I mean? The problem like, with Orlando is Orlando's missed on a lot of these picks over, over they, the years. They just, they just missed again. Oh, man. You know, <laughs> it, like, <laughs> well, let me say this. But like, like I said, Suggs. I'll give him Suggs. Suggs, was Suggs a is pick. a good got, pick, man. You got one out two, and they were, it was, their hand was forced into Suggs. I, I, I would assume they thought they'd probably get Barnes. Like, I'm, um, I'm looking at their payroll, and I'm like, I, I don't know what you get for Gary Harris, but I, but I presume that you're going to try to trade him. Uh, you got a package. 
Terrence Ross. I mean, I don't, I don't know what you. I mean, the, when I get two K twenty two, this might be the team that I try to turn around because this looks like a fucking challenge. Holy shit! Aren't the, aren't the Knicks trying Ross. to get uh, Terrence Ross? But he'll be good for them. That would actually make yeah. sense. Ter- I think Terrence Ross, like as a shooter to come off your bench, as a spark plug to play 20 to 25 minutes, and you want him to get 12, 13 points a game and shoot good, you know, shoot a nice percentage from three. I think he's good. For- he's not the best at that. Like if you're the Knicks, you'd probably rather just keep, just re-sign Reggie Bullock, right? But I think I Terrence would. Ross is not bad. But he, his contract, I don't think a lot of people are going to love that. Terrence I Ross. Rather- He's getting $12.5 million this year, Dex, and then 11 next year. And the reason I would rather re-sign Reggie Bullock is you got his bird rights and whatever you sign him for, it's only 5.6 against the cap, and I think he can give you better shooting, maybe not the playmaking in terms of creativity that Ross can do off the dribble, but he can shoot. So I would rather keep the cap flexibility and, and go with uh, – I mean, and, Terrence and, Ross ain't much of a playmaker, though. Now, he's he, not got much. Better, he, he got better at it last year, I will say that. I, I guess the other thing, too, season, is but... I, think, I think that – you know, he's not going to stay in his lane. When Terrence Ross is feeling himself, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I don't know if you want that experience. Reggie Bullock um, was 40% from three last year, I believe. I, think I checked yeah. that earlier today. So Now, to, to keep things rolling, and uh, Murph... A lot Murph, of Orlando Magic talk. Murph is so excited about <laughs> yeah. the whole Wagner pick. Yeah, and, and let me just say, you know, Wagner, Wagner, I know I'm hating on him, whatever, but it's just <laughs> when you when you pick that high, I just feel like you, you should... You got like you got to pick guys who jump. When you watch the game, they jump off the page. They jump off the court. You notice them um, for whatever reason. And and Wagner's not one of those guys. He just never. He never like if you if you're watching a Michigan game last year. First of all, no, hardly anybody jumped off the page for Michigan. Just a, <laughs> no, and that's not. They had a great season. They, right. You know they they were a great team. Um, played team defense, team offense. But but he you know he hardly jumped off. To pay to pay the TV screen to you, like you didn't you didn't even notice if he was there, and that's those are not guys that I think you should pick top ten. I just don't get it. All right, so we we talked about James Bootnight, who a lot of people had rising up the draft uh, th- through this the mocks last couple of months. We've seen him rise. You think he might have got picked possibly at nine by the Kings? He did not. Davion Mitchell is the pick uh, for the Kings ah. at nine. The Kings, you Another know, team who we never know what they're doing. But never know what they're doing, but the Kings are taking Davion Mitchell at nine. Murph, do you like this pick for the Kings? Ah, uh, man. I mean, I like him as a player. <laughs> uh, it's probably that's, that's a no. <laughs> no, I mean, I like I like him as a player. You know, you, I mean, you know, it's kind of sad that he has to go to Sacramento. Um, right. And also, what's the fit there? You get like we just talked about the guard situation over there. He's kind of like an undersized two. You know what I'm saying? He's not right. really a one. He, he was undersized two. He really c- kind of came out of nowhere last season in terms of, um, you know, you know, being the player that he was. So we'll see if, if, if it's real, he's an older, he's older, he's 22. So maybe, you know, maybe he did find himself uh, last year. He is a very good athlete, very fast, quick, great defensive player. Um, and like I said, he found his shot last year at a, really an amazing clip. Um, but, you know, with all those, like, he's not he's not De'Aaron Fox. He's not Halliburton. Um, so where does he fit Holy in? shit, they have Halliburton. That's right. Yeah, you forgot about that. What the, why are they drafting Davion Mitchell then? Oh, whatever, man. I, here, we, here we go. 
This fuck these two fucking teams. And they still Buddy Hill. They still Buddy Hill. Right? Still Buddy Hill. Sacramento or well, Buddy Hill, I guess might get moved. Sacramento, Orlando, Minnesota, uh, Cleveland. Although I have hope for them now. Like there's just a few of these teams where what are they? I don't know what they're doing. By the way, like Colin Sexton, do like is he gonna get traded at this point? Do we know? We don't know. We don't know. You're nervous, Dex, because you don't want your Knicks to get him. I do not. (laughs) You're so against this. I don't. I don't even think it's that bad if they were. Depending on what they give up, it's it's that bad. It's that bad. Yeah, I don't. I don't mind Sexton. If it's if it's Kevin Knox, let's do this. If it's Kevin Knox, a protected first and like Obi Toppin. No, you're not going to get him for that. No, you shouldn't. You shouldn't get him. (laughs) You're going to get him for more. Yeah, yeah I mean, Kevin Knox. Is, Kevin Knox is value. Kevin Knox. What? <laughs> all right. Ke- all right. Unprotected well, first round. Well, well, no, but I want to. Well, Ga- well, Gavin. What are your thoughts on Sexton? Yeah, Evan. Have you done- oh, yeah, sorry, Gavin. Gavin. Hour two decks, yo. Hour two. Hour two decks after a long day and not bringing that energy to Brian. Combine the last name and the first name yeah, and put the last name first. I already did that with Wiggins and Wiseman. Like I two mess ups right there. Evan. Have you done any video breakdown on Sexton? Are you as down on him as I am? I I actually so I have I have, and the reason like I like I'm not high on Sexton, I'm not low on Sexton. He is what he is. But here's the thing: he's not the player that he was when he came into the league. Which is, I mean, sometimes that's what you get with these young players, right? They're they're good at what they're good at, and they don't improve. Colin Sexton shoots a lot of mid-range jumpers at the detriment of like shot selection, everything like that. He's not good at them. But his pull-up jumper, whether you're talking about from deep or from the mid-range, has improved by like leaps and bounds, like every single year. And that's I think a testament to like, I mean, I work with some like pro skills trainers and stuff like that. So like he's a maniac. Like he he's in the gym all the time. And I know we talk about NBA guys like that. Like, you know, they're, they're getting their reps, stuff like that, but apparently not like Colin Sexton. So, like, if you're telling me that he is going to continue to improve the way he has improved, then, like, I'll take the, I'll take the over on him right now instead of the under. So, I mean, I don't – I'm not going to lose my mind trading for him, but right. I believe that he's somebody who's going to continue to get better. And, like, gun to my head right now in the league, like, that's not – I don't believe in as many young guys as I do to get better that way, you know? Mm, Follow-up question. Feel a little bit better. Follow-up question. It's one of the teams he's rumored to go to is the Knicks. Another one is potentially Miami, and that would include the Tyler Hero chip. Evan, do you see Colin Sexton working with Jimmy Butler, Bam, and I don't even know what else they, were gonna, they would have at that point because it looks like they might rearrange their whole roster. But Jimmy, Bam, Colin Sexton. So here's my thing. It's – um. Miami, a playmaking pull-up threat is, I think, what Miami is is lacking right now. Because, like, how to, how best to say this? The the reason they're so so defensively, they're maximizing what they can get out of their guys. But the reason they're so so defensively is because they have these lower end athletes that they are relying on to shoulder a big defensive load. Offense, Spo is a is a great mind. He figures stuff out like. That east to west stuff, second side, third side. That's why Goran Dragic 
in his mid to late thirties is still doing what he's doing. That's why he's so important because he can get downhill. Sexton can get downhill. Sexton can pull up. And so I think he'll be, and like I said, he's, he's the type of maniac that like you put him next to Jimmy Butler and bam, and they'll be like, okay, he can, he can hang. So I think that'll fit better than like putting him on the Knicks maybe. Okay, now you got Brian all hyped about wanting Sexton down in Miami because we all know he is a Miami Heat fan. All right, number 10 no, pick. No, I am not. Number 10 pick is here. Uh, so James Booknight still not picked at number 10. But a guy who recently has been rising up the boards, Murph talked about this guy would be on the NBA exchange just a couple days ago. He and I both liked him. I was hoping he would be there for the Knicks. He is not. Zaire Williams at number 10 to the hey. Grizzlies. I think that's a really good pick for the Grizzlies. I think he's young. I think he hadn't shown a lot that we got to see at Stanford for a multitude of reasons. But this is a good pick for the Grizzlies where they add some more talent, young talent in there. There won't be a lot of pressure on him. He can do some things with the ball in his hands. Really great athlete. Uh, Murph, I know you were high on him. I told, I told you these mocks, man. I told you these mocks. Yeah, you told, You did say this. You said there's going to be some guys that were mocked. Because Zaire, I saw him anywhere from 19 to 23. Pretty mm-hmm. consistent. By the way, after a COVID college basketball season, college, college basketball. we're gonna look. We're gonna we're gonna look back at this draft in like two, just two three years, and we're gonna like redraft it and be like, "Whoa, this shit did not go down this way." Watch, right, right. It, you know, I mean, this is a guy who coming into college was one of was like a, you know, he was a top guy coming in, um, and beginning of the college season, he looked apart. You know what I'm saying? Like he was out there. You know, the, the early in the college basketball season, I mean, he's, he's out there hitting, you know, just looking so smooth, the six eight six nine, uh, you know, pure jumper, you know, off the catch and the dribble, uh, you know, very good athlete. And then, you know, all the all the COVID stuff happens at Stanford. They 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 couldn't even play in their home gym. I think all season, you know, they had to not even their home gym, their home city. They had to they had to go to other places in California to play because of the the protocols. So of course, you know, then he has a, like some injuries and he doesn't perform. But I'm seeing the mocks that have him in 19, you know, 19, 20, and I'm like, this kid is not, not he's not gonna go that low. You know what I mean? So I um, mean another guy who I think is like that also is Jalen Johnson from Duke. So we'll see what happens if he if he goes a little earlier too. Um, but he's just too he was just too big of a talent to let drop that far. And uh so I think the I think Memphis made a great pick. All right, like you like Memphis there, Jalen Johnson. There was some slander being put on his name. I heard that at some uh, podcast this week of people talking about Jalen Johnson wouldn't trust him, wouldn't take him. Uh, but some people were high on Zaire Williams. I even had read some stuff with lately that he could go as high as eight. So Memphis, I wonder if this is the guy they wanted all along when they made that trade for Valanciunas to get a, a, another wing guy in here that can help them, something they need. I think how well we see Zaire Williams shoot the ball in the league. Uh, especially for Memphis, because they do need some help in terms of shooting from the outside. Could be very interesting for them there. So, Zaire Williams, good pick, man. I know I, our producer, Greg, he is, he's not happy because he wanted Zaire Williams to the Knicks. But uh, like Murph said, he probably shouldn't have lasted that long at all, at all, at all whatsoever. Uh, I, wonder how, I wonder how Orlando's feeling. Like, could have took Zaire Williams. But... Yeah, I think I would take they him like, over. Uh, they like I would take him over Wagner, yes, definitely. They like Franz Wagner. I look. I don't. I don't know what the Orlando. Do you do you think it's Murph? Do you think it's a reach? Was it a reach to date taking Zaire Williams at ten, or do you feel like this is good value right where they took him? 
No, because I mean it goes what Evan said. Like once you get once you got past those six, and I really had Kaminga in the top six. Um, once you get past those guys, then it's it's kind of it is kind of a crapshoot. So why not go with like the guy with the most upside, the, you know, the most talented player, and, and and not you know not look at what they really you know not go completely what they did in college in terms of their statistics and that, and that type of thing. Um, so to me, I mean. You know, taking a guy like like Wagner ahead of a guy like you know Zaire Williams, who did, who was a guy who popped off the the court when you watched him, um, I think is crazy. So it's not a reach at all. Any of these guys um, can go from here on out. Man, this this is going to be really interesting to see how this goes um, going forward because who knows what anybody's going to do or is going to pick a lot of good guys. Some good players still left on the board. I think there's some players that can still help people. Here on 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 the board, and I wonder what's going to be interesting as we look down this now, uh, as we're coming to the end of the lottery picks. Is our guys going to go for that upside, like you said, Murph? Are they going to be maybe want to take some players that they think can help right now? Uh, you know, Trey Murphy's a guy who's been talked about. That Chris Duarte is another guy that's been talked about. Uh, can can he work right now? Um, going in, I see my man Nick Arias uh, up in here. What up, Nick? How you what doing, up, man? Nick? Uh, thank Long you for time no uh, checking in. Uh, what up, Robert, Rob? Rob, what's up, man? Uh, good, good, good to see you. Let's go, Brooklyn. I see the Nets fans in there. Rob, let us know what you think the Nets should do with uh, 27 and 29. Should they package both of those and uh, maybe move up? That should be very interesting. Thank you. And shout out to Rob Rob Fusick. Yeah, long time. We haven't chatted in a while, man. Good, good right. to see you. Good to see you there. Um, but there's a lot of interest uh, – in what can happen right now. We, and we, we, we haven't gotten into Ben Simmons yet, Dex. What are we doing? We have it. I'm gonna hold that for one second. We're gonna get <laughs> we're gonna get into that. Uh our producer Greg, one of his guys, he was really high on. I've been mentioning this guy. We thought he might go a little higher. James Booknight is off the board. Charlotte will pick him at eleven. Mm. James Booknight is there. I wonder what that means in terms of them keeping Malik Monk if they will do and that. And Devontae Graham. And Devontae Graham. Uh, as well, that should be really huh. interesting. Murph, what do you think about this fit uh, with Boot Knight for the Hornets? I think it's, I think it's a good pick. Uh, you know, he's he was one of the best guys on the board for sure, at, and it's kind of a value pick at eleven. You know, as far as this draft is going, um, and then you put him with a guy like you know Lamelo. Uh, there's a lot of things going on there. I do think it's probably you know Monk can say peace. He's probably gone. Um, and I, you know, I, I like Monk at the, when he was drafted, but he just, he hasn't, he hasn't, doesn't seem like he's taking the game as seriously as he should have. And, uh, so it looks like he'll be on the move at some point. Um, but book I mean, you know, the best player available and he fits in, he fits with that team and he has, he has, you know, height, you know, he's about six, seven. So, you know, puts him in a little different stratosphere than Graham. So yeah, I like the pick. Yeah, I like that. So that's going to be a really good backcourt. It's got some size. People talked about a scoring ability. Uh, could be a really good score. So we, we'll see uh, what we can do there. Uh, Ev- Evan, when you looked at Charlotte last year, especially uh, LaMelo Ball and what he did, I'm sure you've looked at a lot of a lot of tape and film on him and, and what he did. Were you surprised at the impact that he had as immediately as he did when he came into the league? No. No, I mean – it's, I don't remember the context of it because it feels like it feels like fifty years ago or whatever. <laughs> but like, but like last year, last year's draft was was crazy. 
like I understood like you you do the upside for Wiseman or whatever the Warriors did to rationalize that, but like I would Lamelo should have gotten number two probably for me, especially like his his fit next to a guy like Draymond, a guy like Steph. Like the dude just plays basketball. You know, he fit he'll fit in anywhere you throw him in. Like people are talking about when um Bradley Beal went down for Team USA, like I don't necessarily know if Lamelo would have like been the guy to choose, but his name got thrown around because he would fit on Team USA. He would connect the pieces as it were, right? Cuz he doesn't need the ball, but when he has it, he makes stuff happen. Yeah, and I remember Murph and I talked a lot about Lamelo before last year's draft and Murph was saying clearly to me he thought he was the best player in the draft. Thought he should go number 1. I remember you saying that Murph he thought he should go number one, obviously was the best player in that draft. We saw this last year winning the rookie of the year and he was great. And that, I think it'd be tremendous to see what book Knight can do next to him. Cause he's a guy, he finds people. Uh, book Knight is a good scorer. Should be able to play well off of LaMelo. And as Evan said, when LaMelo doesn't have the ball, he's still really good, really good rebounder. Yeah. Um, I remember play, I thought, catch I thought... and shoot wasn't bad either. That was one of the things that impressed me is catch and shoot opportunities he he kind of capitalized off of that it wasn't bad at all yeah i think he, he reminds me of uh, jamal crawford uh when he came into the league like they said those same kind of skills he could play the one to two i remember early on in crawford's career with the knicks they had him at isaiah had him at the one he's more of a combo guard and then you know obviously later his career became like a specialist a scoring specialist off the bench as a six man but he, rem- he reminds me a lot of crawford same kind of athletic ability um you know, could handle the ball a little flashy when, when he wants to be and, and a shot maker. So we'll see. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I, li- I like Book Knight here. Uh, Brian, are you hyped on this? Or are you just ready to talk about Ben Simmons possibly? <laughs> no, uh, uh, three things. One, uh, went to LaSalle Academy High School. Same school as God Sham God, Joe Kim Noah, Ron Artest. You know, good company there. Um, yeah, yeah, James, you're kind of your your kind of guys. Yeah. Joe, Kim, right. Joe Kim Noah also went to my high school, uh, Poly Prep. Yeah, 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 I think he transferred from LaSalle, went to Poly Prep. Um, I actually think that he can play some three next to Lamelo Ball and Terry Rozier, and I would like to see how that goes. I don't think hmm. they're keeping Devontae Graham as we mentioned. Maybe they can work out some sort of sign and trade because I feel like we're going to see a lot of those. Um, and Malik Monk is probably a goner, and I have no idea what his market is going to be like, but he will land somewhere because, you know, he got better last year uh, compared to what he has showed previously. But that's interesting to me. Like, you're you're starting to look at, okay, are they going to have – I don't know who their center is yet. There's potential about them trying to poach Jared Allen. Maybe they can get Rashawn Holmes, which would be very interesting. But you have Terry Rozier at your two, LaMelo Boy at your one. Book night if he starts beside them. He might not right away. PJ Washington is still there. If you can get like a good center that makes sense and not like Bismack Biumbo again, then yeah, I feel like you're able to make something work out. Also, quick quick aside that has nothing to do with what we're talking about. Uh-oh. But, but Dexter, probably, Dexter has with, probably has to do with wrestling. No boxing. <laughs> Very close, but boxing. Oh, I'm sorry. I got the wrong violent sport. Apologize. Dexter, this this is exciting for, for you and I as boxing guys. Is it? Okay. And I don't know if you are, Evan. I don't know if you care about boxing at all. But WBO ordered Sean Porter, which means Sean Porter has to fight Terrence Crawford at some point. Oh. Next. 
Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Huh? How now about that? that? Now Terry, that oh, Greg, that's right, Greg. You are a boxing guy too. That's a damn. Listen, I've been wanting that to happen for a while. So yeah. But anyway, back to the Charlotte Hornets because we can talk about boxing all the time. They did just trade uh, for Mason Plumley, though. I mean, if I could get a better center, I'm going to get a better center. He's not bad. You know what I mean? Like, if I could get a better center, I can. I'll get a better center. But. Mason Plumlee is to me like a stopgap or potentially a bridge to like what their plan actually is. And then Robert's comment, which we have not addressed, which he left a while ago that we put on the screen. I would love to see the Nets pack those uh, 27 and 29, I believe the picks were Dexter that you mentioned before. Yes. First. Yes. 27 and 29 with DeAndre Jordan, who doesn't want to trade DeAndre Jordan at this point, for a true big man. I have no idea uh, what that would entail. Maybe it would be Mason Plumley. <laughs> oh yeah, who, who, who Larry Larry here mentioned and right. We talked about that trade earlier. Yeah, um, in which in which they got Mason Plumley. Uh, so yeah, I mean if that not a, look not a bad fit, but I'm no, saying not like, a bad fit at all. Charlotte, like I th- I think they understand like like I don't think they're gonna move about their offseason being like yo Mason Plumley's definitely our center. Like I think if they can get Rashawn Holmes, they should try to do it. All right, uh, the Spurs have made their pick. Uh-oh. Uh We have Josh Primo at number twelve. Wow, sleeper. Huh. you know what? Mark, are you being serious there? I could not tell if you if you were being serious. Yeah, no, I, was, I wasn't expecting him to go so high. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, you had you got to figure that San Antonio is going to do something different. I was thinking they might go overseas. Yeah, uh, I think a lot of people thought that. This is a young kid, man. You know, eighteen years old, uh, played at Alabama. Um, you know, didn't statistically didn't do much there, but showed a lot of potential. So, it's an interesting pick. That's all I can, can say. They, can they, another, can they, another they, they, they kid too, right? right? I was gonna say another NBA player from Canada. Yeah. Look, people were making fun of Team Canada for not qualifying for the Olympics this year. They're going to get in at some point, okay? The next Olympics are in three years. And by that point, if Shea Gilgis is healthy, if the majority of their guys are healthy, they could have a team full of NBA guys. And yeah, it's shocking, really, that they haven't been there. Yeah, Josh yeah. Primo uh, is going to be, uh, you know, somebody who could make that team if he's any good. I do wonder how he got the last name Primo because uh Spanish <laughs> word. You know what I mean? I was looking to see, like, is there any, like, Panamanian, Venezuelan, you know, in his uh, in his background? There may be. And, and I was shocked to find out that he was born in Canada and raised in Canada. So now I have even more questions, but shout out to Josh Primo. Um, no, Canada is like a melting pot. He could be from anywhere. The Spurs, yeah, that, by the that way. Is correct. That is the, correct. The, the Spurs, by the way, they also have a lot of guards, so they have some things to figure out. I don't know if DeJounte Murray's getting traded, but we were hearing some of that. Like, that's potentially something that could happen. They still have Lonnie Walker and, um, you know, the DeMar DeRozan thing. I don't know what they're going to do. I would be a little bit surprised that he would be back there. So I have no idea. We'll see. Yeah, they, they've got a, they've got a Derek lot. Derek White. Of... Derek White's still there, right? Derek White, Derek White there, is so. still there, so they have a lot. Uh, a lot of guards in the NBA. Jesus. Woj just <laughs> tweeting that Indiana is thrilled at the idea of Chris Duarte being no! at 13. This no! And I think, what the I fuck think, is he going to do in Indiana? <laughs> I Come think he, on, I, man. Well, we'll, play, we'll play basketball. We'll play basketball. <laughs> oh, my God. 
God. I, I, I don't know why our producer Greg is anti Chris I'll be Duarte. Pissed I'm not. Was, oh, the Knicks better uh, pack is 19 to 21 and get that man. And, I'm, just, and, I'm just happy that Corey Kispert is sliding. Do they have do they have watching rice in Indiana? Do they have no. I can I can say that. I can say rice? That. Do they have rice in Indiana? Yeah, man. Well, Shit. where do they not have rice? They, they better have rice. I ain't never been uh, to Indiana. Got, I'm asking. Got white, it's white rice, though. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> well, Indiana is picking Chris Duarte at number 13. That is a that is a done deal. He is off the board. Chris Duarte will be going to the Pacers. I think this is a guy at 24 that can years of age because some people have issues with the age, whatever. But I think he's a guy who can come in right away and play and be a good fit. Right, Murph? Don't, Murph, don't you think so? Yeah. I mean, and that's what people are banking on. Um, older guy, uh, he's not going to be, you know, scared to play. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I don't know about his upside so much, but, you know, he was a, he was a very, very good player at Oregon last season. Um, you know, very good perimeter player, so we'll see. It's it's going it's going to be very interesting. And you talked about Kispert, which uh, Murph said to me. We actually did not say we had this on the show, but we talked about this off the NBA exchange. We talked about how we've consistently seen Kispert anywhere between nine and thirteen on a lot of mocks, and he appears to be sliding. Uh, now, some of that happens because Zaire Williams has jumped up uh, in in a spot that many people didn't think so. Primo jumping up as well. So. You know, you said these mocks will be out of whack, and we're started starting to see that right now, especially in this range. Now, we're about to get to 14, and, uh, you know, Evan talked about 7 to 14. You can go anywhere. Yeah. And, Evan, I forgot what you said, too. You said 14 to 40. 14 to 40, play. yeah. 14 to 40. That's true. Because <laughs> yeah, I, I, I believe, really do anything. Remember, we talked about um, Isaiah Stewart last year. He The mocks had him in the second round, and he went, what, 15 or something like that? So I think it's, it's something similar. In this draft, yeah, and Beef Stew was a good was a good pick. Played right. really well for the Pistons last year, so it's going to be really interesting to see what what is there next. I, I think Duarte can have an impact. I know Brian did so. Uh, producer Greg is relieved that the Knicks are not picking them. I don't know why. Uh, I, I I don't know. I, I'm starting to get a little nervous because it looks like the the Knicks fans the Knicks fans are going to be pissed no matter what because now we're in yep. this range. We're upcoming to 14. Knicks fans is always angry. <laughs> I don't know, man. I'm expecting them to make a, you know, I like what they have there, uh, Leon Rose, and uh, what's what's my guy's name that they just re-upped? The oh, other uh, GM, um, Scott uh, Perry. Scott Perry. Perry. Yeah. I mean, he's made he's made good picks in the past. Um, yeah. But, you know, I, I like. I'm 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 excited to see what they do. I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna trust the I'm gonna trust the process and yes, Greg. I now they're gonna get McBride. Yeah. Watch, Greg. They're oh, gonna get God. McBride. Moses Moody's gonna go 18 before you guys pick. That's what's gonna happen. Most Moody is somebody that I would be looking at. You know what I mean? Trey Mann is going to be 17. Watch. It's going to – now, now. <laughs> it's going it's to be – but I see I'm with I'm with Murph on this in that I actually – I'm scared to say this to Nick fan. I actually trust the front office in finding guys that are going to fit and be, get into the culture. I'm not really nervous about it. Like, just identify your guys and believe in your player development and get it done. You know what I mean? The Knicks had a good pick last year with quickly that they got a 25. Yeah, yeah. So I didn't see that coming. Yeah. You know, we still we saw Obi develop late in the season. So you got you gotta just without without summer league. Right. By the way. Without summer league. 
yeah, imagine with these guys getting a summer league and getting in the gym and working and, and seeing what happens there. So that's why I'm know, not killing none of these rookies. Like a lot of some of these rookies got a lot of shit this past year from yeah. obviously the fan bases that they play at or whatever. They didn't have summer league. They didn't have a lot of like the draft happened. And then all of a sudden we were playing regular season games. And that's not how the NBA is supposed to operate. So, guys, do we think we're at this point in the night where maybe we're not seeing as many trades. We had these all these trades before. Uh, yeah, see, there we go. I told you, I told you guys this from top of the show. Brian doesn't get the trades that he. Everybody's wants scared, son. Action. This is what I was yeah. saying before. Everybody's waiting for one team to just jump out and pull the trigger. Everybody's waiting for that first team to just go out and make the big trade, and then all the dominoes are going to fall. Well, same the thing. Lakers, with, the Lakers kind of did that. Same thing with. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, and that, but that's also been in the works for a couple of days. I think that people are mm. just trying to, you know, put some shit together uh, and just not really doing it right now. Golden State uh, is is the one to me that's like the most surprising. Not that I think they were going to necessarily get Bradley Beal, but I'm still skeptical that they're going to keep. Um, who was it that they drafted at number seven overall? Kaminga, Jonathan Kaminga. I'm. Uh, and, and they're and coming they're up, next. They're yeah. And they're next. coming up again at fourteen. Like I'll be curious to see what they do. I mean, it's not like I can't see Kaminga fit, but you know, uh, you, for all we know right now, they could be picking for Washington. We do not, we do not know that right now. You think figure that would uh would come up? Uh, we also have Murph's boy Kispert is still on the board. Um, I, <laughs> I don't know, I don't know, I don't know about you, Murph, but doesn't Kispert seem like a Nick special right now? No, that's the old Knicks. That's the old Knicks. <laughs> there were a few guys that I was like, if, if if I was a fan of a team in the lottery, and then and they took either Wagner or Kispert, I would I would throw up. That's all I'm saying. Oh, uh, man. You, lo- you, you love that. He's the next Joe Harris here in New yeah, exactly. York, man. He's the next Joe Harris. Joe Harris was the second-round pick, okay? So go, go get him in the second round, okay? I think, I do th- like I said, I do think he's, he's probably better than Joe Harris, you know? Right. It took Joe Harris a long time. Uh, to, to become what yeah. he is now, uh, yeah. so I think yeah. Kispert comes in a little better than what Joe Harris says. But I, so Joe, Joe Harris, I, I can see seasons. Kispert take Kispert late first round. Yeah, so so yeah, we should, we shall see. I'm very intrigued to see what the Warriors do here because, as Brian said, it's going to be interesting if they are actually going to keep that pick and they're closing in on their second pick in the lottery, and it will be at number 14, Moses Moody to the Warriors. He will be going oh, to the wow. so Moody. Nah, they're, they're packaging this sh- uh, shenanigans, man. They're yeah, packaging yeah. this shit. <laughs> Moses Moody and Kaminga. Yeah, they're too young. No, they, they're too young. They, they're they trying got, to win now, right? I think they got, but I think when they, at both times they picked 7 and 14, I think they actually got the most talented guy available. Not necessarily right. the best player available, but the most talented guy available. Because I, I still don't know how I feel about Jonathan Kaminga yet as a prospect. And I know New York City, Rens, Jayhawks, shout out to them. But, you know, we'll see as it pertains to, like, the NBA style of play. And with Moses Moody, I think I would argue that he's probably the most talented guy uh, left on the board. Um, and he's going to Golden State. Like, and suddenly they have a lot of wings. So, I mean, we'll see. I think I think they're going to make some sort of move, and they've sort of announced that uh, intention loud and clear. I'm also looking forward to when the Knicks play the Pacers and Chris Duarte uh, gives it to the Knicks so that Greg <laughs> could get a, te- could, can, uh, uh, get a text from come me on. <laughs> come on. We, 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 about we, passing on we don't need another, we, don't, we don't really – Knicks fans don't really need another Pacer giving it to the Knicks. We, we experienced that before. 
I, I don't think we really need that. You're going to be pissed when he's again. defending the shit out of some of the guards that the Knicks have attacked. Does, any, does anybody think with these picks that the that the Warriors have made, I was going to say the Wizards, would the Wizards be interested in these guys? You now could offer Kaminga, Moody, Wiseman, right? You know what these guys are, maybe along with Wiggins, to bring back Deal. I mean, is that intriguing enough for the Wizards? I mean, it's up to. It seems like it's up to Beal, you know, whether yeah. he wants to go or not. You know. Yeah, and the, and guess who picks next? The Wizards. <laughs> they are they, They're the team picks it picking next. So it's still interesting. You got uh, Trey Murphy on the board. And we're um, done. With, we're done with the lottery. The lottery. Done with over. the lottery. Yeah. Now this is in the the insane range. I'm going to say, Evan, <laughs> the insane range. 14 to 40, we're not going to be here until 40, guys. But this is the insane range. Uh, we're just going to be doing the first round, but this is the insane range. Anything can happen. Who knows who's going. Uh, Kispert can be a Nick, and I'll be overjoyed. But just, just to back up what, what Brian was saying about Golden State, they've got – there's no – I mean, we all know that they're in win-now mode. And you just pick you just picked a kid, you know, two young, young players that are nowhere near ready to win now with. So – there's got to be – they've got to package those guys and maybe some other things together, uh, get some veterans. Uh, what? Let's also throw this because I know Brian wanted to talk about this. What about Golden State getting into the Ben Simmons sweepstakes? And before we hit that, Evan, I'd like to ask you this. I know you also probably watched a ton of film on Ben Simmons, particularly in the playoffs this year. When you look at Ben Simmons, for any team that might want to acquire him, What's wrong with Ben Simmons right now? Seems afraid to shoot. What's wrong with Ben Simmons? He seems afraid. <laughs> seems. I was trying to be nice there. I was try, I was try, try to be nice, guys. Try to be nice. So I think, um, I mean, if you look at if you look at the way he profiles, right, the, the things he can do, he's not he's not a scorer, obviously. He's a creator. But the the difference with this is like, and I'm gonna, I don't want to throw too much like coaching isms in here but like the difference between like the mindset of like i'm the number one guy or i'm like if i'm not a one i'm one b or whatever to and b right the the mindset of that is is he gonna is he gonna fit in places where you know he there's nobody objectively better than him like if he goes to the warriors for instance like that's an infrastructure that like you know can handle him. Not to say that like he's he's Rodman like in any way, but like you you want like Steph, Draymond, Clay, those guys are gonna be like, all right, so you're gonna come in here thinking you're the man, like what have you won? And he's gonna be like, Nothing. And you fall in line in that way. Or like a Miami, for instance. I'm not saying that like he's going there, but like you have to have a certain type of infrastructure to be able to absorb a guy like him and then maximize his potential. Because if he's the best guy on the roster or he can do the most stuff on the roster, then he's going to want to view himself as the number one guy. And this is all armchair psychology stuff I don't really like like doing. But at this point, the Ben Simmons like slander has gotten out of control. Like He's still like an all-defensive player, like maybe one of the five best like switchable interchangeable players especially defensively like he, he had his struggles against the hawks and stuff but he still brought it defensively you know so 
it, it's going to take a very unique situation to be able to take him in and maximize him on both ends. Yeah, it's going to be very interesting to see. We'll get back to Ben Simmons in one second. Uh, Kispert is off the board. Oh, no. Kispert is off the board at 15 to the Wizards, who I guess want to add more shooting around Bradley Beal. Or he's he's Beal's replacement. (laughs) 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 I guess. Corey Kispert. So, Nick fans, as I know, our producer Greg is very disappointed here. Corey Kispert will not be a Nick, and uh, everybody can uh, be disappointed, I guess. Yeah, I guess they can. Uh, Do you like Kispert for the Wizards here, Murph? Uh, No, I don't. Do you like Kispert for anyone? Like I said, he's, he's got to be, yeah, you got to get him in the 20s, late 20s to me. A little bit too high for Kispert. Now, what could make Nick fans excited here and some of these teams picking later? Uh, Murphy's still in play. Uh, there's some good players still in play for the Knicks say, to get here. We'll get to that, that in a second later. But I also want to get back to Simmons, and I'm glad, Evan, we appreciate that breakdown of where you think he might be able to fit in the structure he might be able to fit in. Is that a guy you would look at too, Brian, If in terms of Simmons, if you're Golden State? Should you just put your focus on Beal? Because we're all agreeing they're not probably going to keep these young guys they drafted. Is Simmons a guy you would look at and you think could fit into that culture? I've warmed up to the idea of him playing alongside Steph, Clay, Draymond Green. You know what I mean? And I don't, I don't know if James Wiseman would still be there. I would think not but i'm not quite sure i don't know what golden uh what uh philadelphia would do with james wiseman if they're going to try to play him with joel Embiid, because i don't you know necessarily know how you're going to pull that off because the point would be to get him more space but right for golden state like yeah i think if you can do it i think that the package that we saw before we got on here it was wiseman wiggins seven and 14 for simmons which to me is a fair offer. Not as good as the one Toronto reportedly gave him, which was, you know, Kyle Lowry, Fred Van Vliet, OG Ananubi, and the number fourth overall pick. But it wasn't a bad offer. From Philly, maybe you want a little bit more. I think while Ben Simmons is still one of the best five or so switchable defenders, as Evan said, I do think that in terms of trades, like Philly is asking for a lot, rightfully so. But I think they're, they're, they, they clearly like want to trade him, but. They clearly want a lot back for him. They're not just going to deal him for the sake of dealing him, which I respect to a point, but I also don't think they should risk pricing themselves out because that Toronto deal was an excellent offer. I think that Ben Simmons will fit in Golden State, though, because it's just going to be a pain in the ass to play against him because you have two shooters, the two best shooters maybe in Steph and Clay. We'll see how Clay Thompson comes back from, you know, ACL and then in Achilles after that. Um, it's going to be unreasonable to expect a ton from him, but we can suspect that he'll be pretty good because, you know, his game usually revolves around shooting. A lot of movement still. He's not going to be the same defender, but will he be able to knock down an open corner three and do a little bit more than that? Sure, because he's Clay Thompson at the end of the day. And then aside from that, having Draymond and Ben Simmons on the floor together with Steph and Clay makes a lot of sense. Now, you know, have to fill out the roster and see what you do around that. Like, what happens to Eric Pascal? What happens to some of the other young guys on the roster? Because I think in that scenario, if you're able to keep Eric Pascal, he actually makes sense coming off your bench and being a six-man and being an offensive punch from the forward spot that you would need. Um, and then who's your center? Are you keeping Wiseman? Probably not. But then what do you do? So 
I wonder how the spacing would be in terms of Simmons and Draymond being on the floor. We've seen Draymond's numbers decline, shooting from the outside. Simmons doesn't shoot. Uh, I wonder how that works. Do you think that's a good fit, despite the culture, Evan, at all? Two non-shooters on the floor, even if you get uh, you have Curry and uh, Clay. So I mean, I think the I think the issue here is that like you're thinking about Ben Simmons and and Draymond, like you know, as as non-shooters. When in reality, what they are like in this context is the passers. And Steph is like the ultimate gravity suck. You know, there's there's no one like him in the league, right? He can, anywhere he is on the floor, there's that one clip against the Suns where he, you know, the five guys are like collapsing in on him at just about half court or something like that. But so what you're looking at with Simmons and Draymond are two players who are capable of getting their shooters, of unlocking their shooters, especially on the move. And what you're looking at with, if you want to say, let's hold off on what Clay looks like um, healthy as a movement shooter, that's fine. But Steph, we saw this year on his own when he was going like supernova in uh, March, April, you know, he was losing his mind and he was doing it almost single-handedly just because of the threat of his spacing. So you can do so many different things with those two guys. And, I mean, the value of it is that they are switchable defensively. So Draymond can guard the five, Ben can guard the five, and they can do it in spurts. So I think offensively, they're going to be doing enough. Defensively, I think that's where you're going to see something special. Yeah, and that's that's where they excel uh, in that game. Would you want Simmons if you are the Warriors? Murph, I know you were a big Simmons guy. You guys supported him despite uh, some of his recent struggles. Would you want him on the Warriors because oh, of what I he can mean, bring defensively? I mean, oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, he's really a pure dynamic point guard, okay? Like, a pure point guard. Obviously, he's, he's not shooting yet. And I also – so, I mean, when you put him with Steph and Clay and with Steve Kerr in that system, I mean, that would be very fun to watch, and I think it would – it would uh, turn in. It would turn into W's as well. So yeah, but and also I, I like what Evan said about the psychology of it. Um, you know, putting on a team with guys like Steph and Clay and Draymond. You know, from, from to a, you know from a different perspective, Draymond because his motivation is a little different. But especially with Steph and Clay, I think those. Those type of guys would give Ben Simmons confidence. Um, you know, him not shooting, that's a confidence thing, okay? And I think, you know, someone like Steph and Clay would know how – we might be able to bring – might be able to up his confidence to where he starts taking shots, you know, where they, they tell him, yo, you need – bro, we need you to take at least a couple shots. We know you can shoot. We've seen you do it in practice, blah, blah. You're our guy. You know, guys like that that, that can support him. Um, and I think, you know, they might even turn him into a whole different player because, you know, I don't, I mean, he has better form, pure form than Giannis does. And Giannis, you know, Giannis is taking shots and getting better, uh, at, at that part of his game. I think, I don't think it's over for Ben Simmons. He's 24 years old. So yeah, I, I think it'd be a perfect fit for, for both sides really. 
Yeah, it will be very interesting to see if that can happen. They drafted him into the NBA. I think that was a really nice touch there. Obviously, Terrence Clark passed away uh, earlier this year. Nice job, uh, former Kentucky player. Would have been going to Kentucky um, and would have had the opportunity to, you know, probably be in this NBA draft. So, very interesting. We do have a trade. Brian, are you going to jump for joy now? No. We're going to see. You're not going to jump for joy. It just says it's the 16th overall. See, but now it sucks because we're out of the lottery and it's like, well, it's going to be like you wanted trades, man. But here's the thing. It's going to be like 16 for like 25 and a future fucking protected first. And then the, the Knicks are going to trade 19 for like a future first. And it's going to now it's like, all right, like everyone, everyone is scared to pull oh, the trigger on some of these deals. They want to wait for free agency. Here and it's fine go. because look, it's fine. If, even if you don't get, you don't give us what we want tonight. We're going to be back on Monday night with another stream uh, because there are going to be some actual transactions. Not a bunch of teams scared to make moves. <laughs> Brian, Brian calling out all these GMs for not pulling the trigger. OKC is trading. I'm, the I'm half kidding, pick. by the way. I'm half kidding. No, he's serious. Uh, OK, is trading the number 16 pick to Houston. So Houston picked Alperen Sengun at number 16. Many people considered him the second best big in this draft. Uh, international player. A lot of people said he was second best big in this draft. Um, but we talked about this, Murph, not in the same range as Evan Mobley, not in that same stratosphere's talent uh, necessarily there. Um, Rockets obviously trying to add as much talent as possible. Um, and we'll see what OKC got for trading that pick to the Rockets. Uh, obviously, it wasn't OKC probably didn't have somebody they loved there at 16, but maybe the Rockets did. And they, they get a guy here. Uh, with a team like the Rockets, as bad as they were last year, I guess it would be important for them to acquire as much talent as they can right now. You could say the same for OKC, but, you know, they like stockpiling picks. Yeah, I, I guess it's a solid pick. I, I just worry about him in that in that Houston environment. Um, he does have skills. I like, I like uh, the way he looks uh, close to the basket. He even has some explosion. Um, doesn't really have much of an outside shot right now uh, so he's, he's kind of still a project from what i've seen on film uh so I'm, I'm a little worried about projects in houston yeah it is really interesting that culture in houston they've been through a lot with harden leaving a lot of players in and out still don't know what the future is there but they do have broke owner <laughs> yeah they, they do have jail they do have jail and green to be excited about that that down there in h-town so they were making fun of him be too because he was in a private jet he was eating i don't remember what it was it was uh fast food or whatever um i don't know what the what the signature is down in houston but uh yeah he was on a private jet eating that and they were like yo tilma fertita could have get him some other shit i don't, <laughs> I don't damn why the can't can't tell fertita live He's from, the, he's from the he's from the Trump McDonald's uh, uh, you know. McDonald's McDonald's at the White House. And that, McDonald's, that kind of McDonald's and uh, Kentucky Fried Chicken. <laughs> KFC, <laughs> by the way, KFC got underrated grilled chicken. I don't care what anybody says. I've told I, Dexter. I haven't before. tried it. I haven't tried it. Underrated grilled chicken. Right. It's not quite Chicken House, which is my spot in Kew Gardens. Shout out to them. But listen, uh, their their grilled chicken is not bad. So it's just fucking expensive. So, guys, for that for that number 16 pick, Houston is sending OKC two future first-round picks 
two? That's a two K trade. Yo, Oklahoma City. Yo, man, like what? <clears throat> what are they doing? Like, I think it's fair to ask that now about OKC, right? Like, you're stockpiling all these picks. Wait, two future wait, are they protected? That information's not out yet. From that Houston, you, you like they better be protected. If those are unprotected picks, then you could be taught. Yo, Oklahoma City, like I. <sighs> Man. I also want to know how far in the future they are, right? Like, are we talking? I hope, 20, I hope it's ten years away. Uh, <laughs> it, are we talking twenty? They have, they have something. What? what was the number? It was something like seventeen first and seventeen seconds for the next like seven or eight years, or something along those lines. It was something ridiculous. It's some two K shit. Yeah, at some point you can't just hoard all the assets, right? You don't want to. And then they're showing, and then you have nothing to uh, show for it. it it's kind of interesting. I don't know what they are doing. Uh, in OKC, but at some point you got to wonder um, how this is going. So, who did they take a six again? It's escaping me right now. Who did OKC take a six again? Uh, six, six, Hold six. Oh, Giddy, right? Giddy, yeah, yeah Giddy. Giddy. which I, which I, I, I like that pick. Um, so we'll see. We'll, 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 we'll see how that goes. Wow. Uh, yeah, what a this, fucking, yeah, what a fucking fall for Kemba. Oh Walker. man, Evan, Evan hit the nail on the head. This fourteen to forty region, Woo, it's tough, man. Tough, tough I character. my boy my boy Timmy uh from the Bahamas is out at the draft covering Kai Jones. Kyle jo- Kai Jones has still not been selected. Not and selected. Uh, yep. I I think he's somebody who is one of the most intriguing players left, but I'd be more intrigued if uh somebody made some sort of deal. Uh, yeah, of course. <laughs> What's up? Of all, all you all you care about <laughs> is the trades, man. All you care about is the trades. Like, look, because by we're 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 deep in the crapshoot. All right, like we are covered in shit right now. It's seventeen <laughs> overall. <laughs> oh, that's going man. on the rail. That, yeah, we are, <laughs> we are deep in the crapshoot. Uh, yeah, so it, it, it'll be interesting. Uh, we're now at seventeen overall. So up next uh, in terms of that. Picking, we have. I'm sorry, I lost my uh, notes here about who's picking next. Uh, uh, next will be. Let's pull this up right here. Uh, oh, so this is new. Sorry, I should know this. New Orleans because they traded down seven spots. So New Orleans is on the clock right now. Okay, we'll see okay, what they okay. do. Um, this is a team that Murph watches <laughs> a lot of, and Murph was very wait, disappointed. My, my, my new favorite team. New wait, because John Rothstein. I mean, you know, John Ralston tweeted out so much Joe Harris and Corey Kispert. Murph quote tweeted him and said, Joe Harris was a second round pick, so they splurged on Kispert. <laughs> <laughs> Put it out in the atmosphere. You know? What? Two future first round pick? Like, I'm wondering. Okay, here we go. Rockets gave up future first round picks owed by the Wizards and the Pistons. So they weren't their own picks. Yeah, but that's not uh, good either. The the Pistons and the Wizards suck too. Like well, these pick, these are gonna be good well, picks. Well, I'll tell you that. Well, we don't know what year they are, so let's let's. I don't know what year those that's are. True. Yet, so let's let's pump, let's pump the brakes on that. But I also I also will say like when you do that, two future first for a guy at sixteen, that guy sixteen's got to be good, right? Like you gave up two future first for him, he's got to at least be a, a solid rotation. Who did they player. draft at sixteen? I already Sengun. Sengun. Big big man, overseas. 
right, go take go, go, go look on film and take a look at his jump shot. It's pretty interesting. <clears throat> yes, it's pretty interesting. Yeah. Not good. Never, <laughs> never good when you have when you have bad when you have bad body language after you let it go and you're like, oh wait, is it going in? <laughs> Pretty oh, good. oh, Singoon. Yeah, he's the guy that won Turkish League MVP. Yeah, he did. He looks. He looks. So all the right. concern. The concern with he him. He looks alright down low. Yeah, down yeah, low. Yeah. Well, exactly. I was gonna say the concern. I specify that. Yeah. The concern with him that people are having is that he may be a little too old school, um, and getting his buckets down low, or whatever. I think you can still make that work, but I also think on the team that he's on, like he's he's gonna have those opportunities because they, you know, there's not gonna be a depth chart where he's. Like the fourth fucking center on the roster, or whatever. So he's only he's only six nine. Yeah, I mean that's and if you're playing, I guess you're playing kind of small ball. If you put him next to Christian Wood on that front line, and yeah, I wonder what. But I, I mean, granted, they had to make the trade work so that they can get rid of Al Horford's contract. But trading Moses Brown, right? Yep. I, like I actually like that. Uh, I like that for Boston. I don't know if he's going to be their starting center. But I like Moses Brown for Boston, especially if they can get somebody else to just be ahead of him and he could, you know, maybe it's Robert Williams. Robert Williams, maybe, because they, yeah, like, they liked Robert Williams a lot. I would say it's probably, yeah, it's probably, that's fair. It's probably Robert Williams. I think he could have stayed uh, in Oklahoma City and actually have been good for this team for what they want to do. I think that with Shea Gilgis-Alexander, if Giddy hits Poku and Kemba Walker, like, I mean, they're not going to be very good, but at the same time, like, Oklahoma City last year, they were winning more games than they thought that they should have. And then they ended up, you know, hey, uh, Al Horford, you're fucking going home. Shea, you're not playing anymore this year. Uh, you know, Poku, come here. You're going to come from the G League. No, come here and you're going to fucking play more. And then all these sort of things that were going on. And I feel like this year it might be the same thing where, you know, maybe they have a revitalized Kemba Walker. Shea Gill, just as Evan pointed out, like he does things that are legitimate and conducive to winning. It's not just a good player uh, or a player just getting good stats on a bad team. And then we'll see if their picks hit. But I don't know. I think Oklahoma City might be February. We're going to be like, oh, could they make the play-in? And then they'll just pull out the uh, the rug from everybody. And so at 17, 17th pick uh, will be Trey Murphy. He's going to the Pelicans. Uh, This is a guy I liked. I know producer Greg liked, too, for the Knicks. Uh, I think it's going to be a pretty solid pick for the Pelicans. Should help them space, give them some floor spacing they need. Uh, he could be a guy that could come right in. Wouldn't shock me if he uh, was able to play uh, a significant role in the team, depending on what they do with Josh Hart, uh, resigning him. But he's a guy that looks like he could plug in and play right now. So Trey Murphy off the board. Some people had him high up as 11, but this was kind of the range. You probably saw him around at 17 to 20. That's why a lot of Nick fans thought they could get him. Atlanta was another team that was looking at him as well, too. So Trey Murphy off the board. They moved down to 17, New Orleans did, and now they have Trey Murphy. Uh, what do you think of this pick, Murph? Uh, you know, it's okay. I'm not, you know, not overly excited. Uh, we'll see what he, what he can do. I know, you know, he's a solid defender, outside shooter. But beyond that, he hasn't shown uh, all that much. But, you know, I mean – We'll see. That's, you know, I'm just I'm not excited about it. I'll say that. You are excited about it. How much of that has to do with the system that he played in in Virginia that maybe didn't showcase his offensive skills? You think he's better than what you saw at Virginia? Or I, ho- I, ho- I hope so. I hope he is better than well, what the Pelicans I saw hope so. <laughs> <laughs> That's the, the problem. Like I, yeah, from seeing watching Virginia play 
I didn't see all that much, uh, but maybe he wowed in in the uh, workouts, and I hope so. I, I hope he is better than what what I saw at Virginia. Yeah, well, we know one thing we know from last year: a Pelicans offense woo, and defense not not that good, very right. inconsistent on on both ends. Um, Evan, I want to ask you this: for the Pelicans going forward, they should be, you know, Zion. We saw take sort of a leap. Last year, uh, Stan Van Gundy put the ball in his hands a lot. We saw him play some point forward. Do you think that's the future for Zion's game, even with Willie Green coming in now? Do you think we'll still see a lot of Zion with the ball in his hands going forward? I hope so. It was effective. And there's right, a reason it, yeah, there's a reason it works is because Zion is he, – he can see the floor. He can make plays. He can get to just about anywhere he wants. And, like, I'm, I actually made a video about this. His um, – his right hand inside out is the ultimate counter move because you want to take away that left. So you're going to sell out to take away that right. So when he hits you with that in and out, you got to decide, am I getting trucked on the left or am I letting him blow by on the right? Easy. And he can get anywhere. And so like, so Trey Murphy in the context of like, you know, I watch a bunch of UVA. It's not, it's not the most exciting offense, but <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> but, but they, you know, at the very least, there's a baseline for what you're going to be as a defender. Yeah, your principles are going to be intact. So, like, you know, DeAndre Hunter is, I, you know, the example that comes to mind right now. Um, if he turns out to be like a low level, like end of bench, like three and D guy, it's a, it's a knockout. It's a it's an out of the park pick for them, I think, because the ball is in Zion's hands. You don't want it in anybody in anybody else's hands, really. Maybe Brandon Ingram, you know, gets reps here and there, but like Zion is where it's at, and where he goes with the ball in his hands is how far the Pelicans can go. Do you like? I want to ask you this too, to, to follow up on that. Do you like the fit with him and Ingram uh, right now, and how they're able to play together, play off each other? Or you've heard a lot of talk about possibly moving Ingram. Do you think they should? The Pelicans should maybe look at them this year, maybe explore possibly not moving Zion, but possibly moving Ingram. I mean, so that's the value of not really having these expectations, right? Because, like, I mean, what is New Orleans projected to do, really? Are they are they going to make the playoffs? Are they going to make the play-in? Because, you know, they, they didn't make either this year um, or last year, actually. But right, they did not, yes. So, I mean... If everything goes well and you can see Ingram and Zion like click and one of them figures a way to work without the ball and the other figures out a way to be sustainable defensively, then yeah, why not keep them together? But as of right now, like you're not going anywhere. See what you can get out of these two. See if they can figure it out. If not, use this as a, as a springboard to raise uh ingram's value you know yeah and look who's picking next it is oklahoma city which is why they probably traded that pick they are picking another pick of course right it'll be interesting to see what they do there they just got two future first round picks uh do they like somebody at 18 maybe that's why they gave up uh 16 it should be interesting and then after them will be the knicks and uh if there were fans in the barclays center we know no matter who they pick there would be booing we know that for sure. Um, do you think uh, – who knows with OKC right now? Do they even get rid of this pick? Do you think they keep this pick in, in, in any kind of way? I think they uh, get Kai Jones. 
I think that's, that'd be good, that's good value. I've heard, I've, I've heard, I've heard that they've, uh, that they do like them. And we were talking about the roster earlier. They need a big. I mean, I don't know <laughs> to what uh, extent or what necessarily they're like trying to do roster wise, but to fill that, I guess Moses Brown void with minutes, Kai Jones would make sense. So I think that I could see them going there. Um, though I'm admittedly much more interested in what the Knicks do uh, because they're at 19 and 21. And uh, there are ties with the Knicks on this podcast with, you know, Dexter and uh, and Greg in particular. So, yeah, I, yeah, I mean, look, as we wind this stream down because, you know, we're almost done, but we got to see what the Knicks do. And that's going to spark some interesting conversation as well, because it doesn't look like anybody uh, that we think could be traded or, potentially anything like that, all that stuff is probably going to wait. Murph. Except for Russell Westbrook. Murph, when you're looking at um, value right here, whether you're the Thunder coming up, whether you're the Knicks who have two, two of the next three picks following the Thunder, what do you, who do you think that's left on the board? I know we talked about some of the sleepers on the exchange, but who do you think that's left that could still be really good and help a team out? Well, we know we know the Thunder aren't, aren't trying to win next year. Um, if they tried, it wouldn't happen. Ever? How about ever? With all ever, the ever? Yeah, it seems like ever. <laughs> so maybe you know you, you gotta you gotta look at guys. They with better upside. get Amani Bates with all the fucking exactly. <laughs> so I mean, guys with upside. So remember, I, I had Jalen Johnson. Yeah, I think they should take a look at him. And then Kai Jones. I agree with what Brian said. Those two guys is what I'm looking at. Um, we really don't have any clue what they're going to do uh, because it's OKC. Um, so they probably won't go either of those guys. But, um, you know, if, if I'm at this point in the draft, those are the two guys I'm looking at. And this is OKC's pick that is coming from Miami. Uh, that will be the 18th pick there on the clock, waiting to see what happens there. Very interesting. You know, we're saying they're on the clock, but uh, Sam Presti might be on the phone. True. He, he might be trying to see Greg, what come, else he can get. Greg, right Greg, come in here because the Knicks are about to pick. Come, put put your put your face on the screen with us, Greg. We need oh, yeah. we need we need your uh, your your analysis. No, you don't. We don't need Greg's disappointment. Greg, you're Greg. Saying, <laughs> he's already disappointed. Because Greg, you're, Greg, Yo, Greg, why Greg. you why are you looking so angry, man? Like, <laughs> they ain't even draft yet. Be sick. Why? To answer why? Larry's question. Because Larry just uh, dropped a comment that we could put up on the screen here because Greg is so great at what he does. The answer Uh, is yes. What happened to Kevin Knox is over. And why? I will say this the answer is that every Nick fan wants it to be. Uh, Dexter has been out on Kevin Knox for, I don't know. His entire career out, outside his entire of summer career. league. No, I, I, I probably after year two, I was done. Just yeah, let him out. and Greg. Yeah, I mean, Greg. Yeah, it's not even a conversation. I had high hopes, it just didn't work out. You know, Greg. There's a number of things that you would like to happen. Um, Keon Johnson is still on the board. Okay, that that answers my first question. My second Trey question Trey is, must okay? There you go. <laughs> Trey Man, Trey Man is still on the board. <laughs> Trey Man, hold on, hold on. Trey Man is not on the board. OKC selecting Trey Man with number eighteen, and Greg is sick. (laughs) Now, now, I would. I I don't know what the plan is with Mitchell Robinson, but I consider Kai Jones here if I'm the Knicks because he's falling a little bit. 
But we need we need shooting. We need guards. You know what I'm saying? So you can. I feel like you can get Kai at 21. You know what I mean? But then, then it's like you might want to keep Cam Thomas away from ATL. Like, I mean, there's some players that you might want to take to just not let ATL get. I like Cam Thomas. Yeah, so it's like they got a they got a decision to make because Keon. I like Keon Thomas a lot. What what do you want? What do you want the Knicks to do? Because now the Knicks are on the clock. What do you want? You do you want Kai Jones here, Greg? Is this what you might do? I'd say Keon Sharif or or Kai Jones. That's who I wanted to ask about. Because yeah, Dexter, Cooper. Dexter, you're not a Sharif Cooper guy, I don't think, right? I'm not out on him. I mean, I just it's just okay. He doesn't really. I, I don't think there's a guy here right now, you know, that I'm super excited about. I think if it was me, I would take Kai Jones because I don't know what's going to happen with Mitchell Robinson. Um, and we also don't know if, if you, if you do pick up the uh, option for Mitchell Robinson this year, it'll be, you might need a backup center. Are you bringing back Nolan's Noel? There's a lot of things there. So maybe yeah. why not get a guy that has a little bit more offensive upside, potentially than Mitchell Robinson might not project to be the defender that Mitchell Robinson is, but it's, is worth a look. There's not really any, Guards here right now. I'm super excited. Let's also not forget the Knicks. Have this who did you say? Jaden Springer. He's a pro. The Knicks are trading, trading the 19th, the 19th pick. pick for a future first to Charlotte. Charlotte. So the Knicks are not picking at, the Knicks are not picking at 19. A lot of people thought that the Knicks. Would, I told you they were going to uh, trade that pick for a future yeah, first. I fucking it, said that. And they and they said they weren't. They said they probably weren't going to do take two pick guys in the first round. So either the Knicks think there's somebody they can get at 21 that they really like. They also please remember the Knicks also have pick 32, so that's that's a fact in here. Maybe somebody think they also can get at the beginning of the second round. So maybe there was nobody they really liked and they thought they thought they could still get him at 21. So they honestly don't even they don't need two they firsts. Do. They don't need two firsts right now. Like I don't think they needed to use. 19 and 21 to get guys or whatever because they're gonna they're gonna fill out a roster and right now unlike last year they have a lot of guys that are gonna come back. Well, did, well, did, well, the news that just came then is not gonna make uh, our producer oh, so happy because Charlotte will be taking Kai Jones with that pick at 19. But yo, but but that's but this is what we were saying before. Like right. Mason Plumlee is clearly not going to be like the guy that they're gonna that they're gonna have long term. He's a stopgap and a bridge to whomever they were gonna bring in. This makes perfect sense. See, now we were talking about league pass teams earlier. Cleveland's on that list for me, assuming that they keep everything that they just did, mm-hmm. right? Charlotte now with Lamelo, with Terry Rozier, with um, James Booknight, James Booknight. Bridges. with PJ Washington, with Miles Bridges. Mm-hmm. That's a great point. We didn't mm-hmm. even mention him earlier. Yeah, Kai, Kai Jones. Jones I don't know. We'll see if they get anything in terms of compensation with Devontae Graham and Malik Monk if they're going to turn those into sign-in trades, match those offers, maybe even straight up just keep one of them. But, yo, Charlotte's interesting, man. They made it to the play-in last year. They got waxed, but look, LaMelo Boy year two and everybody else on that team, Terry Rozier, I think has had a very underrated like year there last year. So, Oh, and Gordon Hayward. <laughs> yeah, we didn't even tell you. We didn't go to Hayward. Like, go to Hayward. I feel like I knew I was forgetting somebody. Charlotte's got a, a – they have a nice roster. I don't – PJ Washington might be pissed because I don't know if he's going to start. But because right. they might put Gordon Hayward at the four or whatever. But, yo, that – that your top seven, no order in particular, is LaMelo Ball, Terry Rozier, Gordon Hayward, Miles Bridges, PJ Washington, Kai Jones, Mason Plumley, 
TBD on Devontae Graham and Malik Monk. That's not bad, though. You know? Nah. It's not. I mean, I think now the question is what Atlanta, obviously, you know, it looks like it's, and this is not official, but it looks like Charlotte has been targeting uh, Kai Jones. So that appears to what the pick is. Woj is reporting that. What Atlanta does, do the Knicks go point guard? Do they go big man? Do they go wing? Uh, Greg, I can see you're still not happy. We'll, we'll see what Atlanta does and then see what the Knicks can do. But the Knicks do get a, a future first round pick. Like I said, if, if they have the guy that they want, Charlotte will select uh, Kai Jones in 19. So that, so there he goes. He's off the board officially. Yeah. It, it'll be if the Knicks have a guy in mind and they're going to get the guy they want all along. It'll be interesting. So they traded that future first to OKC. No, 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 no. Charlotte is going to give the Knicks a future first. Oh, okay. For the 19th pick, that's what it, that's what's going to be. Yeah. See, like I feel like Charlotte's going to be in the playoff hunt. For the next couple of seasons, so it's like they're probably there's probably gonna be another pick in the teams, right? Yeah, well, I don't know. I they don't probably know didn't love anybody at 19, though. You know, I mean, that could be it. They, they, pro- they probably are, are like, look, we're gonna keep Mitch at least for another year, so we're not gonna get Kai Jones. You see that? It could be that. We'll see what they do at 21, also. We'll see. And, and they have a second round pick, so yeah. yeah. Moving, moving to Atlanta, who picks next at 20. Uh, this is a team that has a surprising run for many people to the Eastern Conference Finals. Except for you, Greg. You you thought they were going to make it uh, to the Eastern Conference Finals. After, yep. Well, well, you're you know. doing that shit again next year. So you're I, I, I don't know if that. Now, to me, Atlanta has a lot of interesting decisions because they have to start paying some guys soon, right? So you know that the Trey Young extension is going to come up uh, pretty soon. They also have to make yeah. a decision on John Collins. Then you got to think about paying Kevin Herter after the next year. Uh, Cam Reddish, what's his future going to be? They're going to have to make some interesting decisions on how they can still keep uh, adding some young talent here that's that's cheap. When you look at Atlanta, Evan, what do you think are some needs for them in terms of how they can improve their team based on the team that just got to the Eastern Conference Finals? I mean, um, let me think about this. Probably more primary playmaking because you have a lot of guys who – because Kevin Herter – Bogdanovich, they are guys who are great secondary playmakers. Um, so Clint Capella is going to full-time anchor their defense. Like, you're good on that front. Um, but you have to figure out, is John Collins going to – is John Collins the guy we're keeping? And mm-hmm. are they going to be the pair together? Gallo, is he – you know, does he fit with our timeline? Because that gets thrown around more and more. So I think, like um, – not necessarily a point guard, but somebody who can have the ball in their hands and cr- make stuff happen. Because you saw it when Trey got hurt. Like, uh-oh, we're in trouble. We, we're, we're in the game. We can sustain this. But you're not winning that battle. You know, you're sort of like, you're, you're sort of trying to keep it even instead of like winning those minutes. So somebody to manage the playmaking load when Trey isn't there. What would be interesting is that could be Jalen Johnson, a guy that Murph said uh, he thought could be a good value pick for a lot of teams that slipped because he left Duke early. And that's who Atlanta will take at 20. Jalen Johnson oh, wow. from Duke uh, will go to the Hawks. I thought he could also have been a pretty good pick for the Knicks as well, too. Had they taken him, I wouldn't have been really mad at that. Um, I think he's a guy that might have been somewhat, you know, miscasting the way Zaire was, too, right, Murph? Um, you know, people didn't see a lot of him, small sample size at Duke, but clearly a lot of talent. 
uh, was one of the best players in the country coming out high school uh, to go to Duke. So, you know, it's interesting because it kind of fits into that mold and what he looks like he can do with the ball in his hand as a, as another playmaker uh, there, Evan. So it could be, it could be interesting with Jalen Johnson. They might be able to bring him along slowly, play some two, some three. It's another guy that could do some stuff. So I think it's a pretty solid pick by Atlanta there. Atlanta there might be really high value. They might be able to trade some of these younger guys that they have on the wings and maybe add a veteran at a different, they got a lot of flexibility. Atlanta does even after this pick. All right. So what do the Knicks do here? What what do the Knicks do here? If you, you you know this well. You're looking at the college landscape, Murph. Who else is really good on this board? Our Jalen Johnson was a guy you were high on. What do you like to see the Knicks do here at 21? Mm, well, obviously, you know, obviously they need guard help. Uh, you know, Sharif uh, Cooper's looks like it. You know, looks like it could be a possibility just because you know they. They traded the pick. They knew Atlanta was next. They knew Atlanta was going to take a small point guard. So I'm thinking that's the only reason I think maybe that way, but I'm not sure if he really fits into the Tibbs style. You got uh, Jared Butler, who's very mature, uh, solid guy who seems more of like Tibbs type of guy. He could be someone like that. Um, and, and, you know, Cam, Cam Thomas, if you really want a guard who can score, I love Cam Thomas from LSU. I mean, pure score. He's 19 years old. Um, but, again, is he Tibbs type of guy? So it's, it's, it's an interesting situation here. Yeah, you know Tibbs is going to want a guy that plays plays some D. So it's it's going to be really interesting to see uh, what they could do there. You would think it seems like there's a lot more guards off the board, uh, guards that should be available for the Knicks to take here, I, sh- I should say. You know, maybe some of the better bigs are, are out of here, but you think they would go guard here, particularly uh, point guard? Would you would you want them to go point guard or two guard here, Murph? Because they still could also probably also uh, add some scoring on the wing. The Knicks are still not, you know, great there. They do need other guys that can have the ball in their hands and create some secondary scoring. So would you like them to even look at maybe some two guard options here? Yeah, and that's, and that's kind of Cam, Cam Thomas to me. Um and you know he's young enough for for Tibbs to mold. You know, uh, so I mean this guy. I mean to me he has the potential to become a prolific scorer. I mean he was a prolific scorer as a freshman in college. Um, so you know he has that ability. Um, to me, yeah, to me, they just need guard help in general. So you know, and scoring. You know, scoring is very important, uh, especially especially for the Knicks. So if I, if I had my pick. I would love for them to to take on uh, Cam Thomas because I think he has the most potential out of everybody left. All right, Cam Thomas is who Murph would like to see them get. Uh, Greg will be back with us in a second. He's probably somewhere yelling into a bag or doing whatever he needs to do to calm himself before this pick. Uh, it'll be interesting. I'm still waiting to see some of the details that haven't come out on what the future pick that the Knicks will get from the Hornets is for trading number 19. So. That'll be interesting to see what happens uh, with that as well. Brian, how are you doing? Because we haven't had a lot of big trades in a long time. Um, I know, you, as we can see you eating, you have an appetite for these big trades. Uh, are you disappointed? These are you. fucking fire. All right, cheat what day for me. What, cheat what day for me. Every day is a cheat day for you. No, 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 that's not true. Five days a week, six days a week, really. I'm good. These are 
fucking crazy, son. They're chewy and shit. They're mad good. But anyway, um, <sighs> yeah, I think uh, in regards you to, you think you need more trades? Yeah, I do. Not for fucking future first. I will say this though, it's an interesting trade by the Knicks because you have a future first, and it's something that you can use in some sort of trade. The Knicks have their picks, which is not something that they've always had historically. And in getting and in getting a future first from Charlotte, I'm wondering what they're going to consolidate that into. I mean, at some point, but it just gears you up for something. And this is what we were saying last year, Dexter, really toward the end of the season. The Knicks have all this cap space, and it never has to mean, and it usually doesn't necessarily mean you're going to just get out and get a big free agent with said cap space. Because right. with the cap space, you can use that for somebody you trade for. I don't know who that's going to be. Like, is it a Bradley Beal? Is it a Carl, Carl Anthony Towns? Whatever. I don't know. Um, Colin Sexton, and then you extend him. I don't know. Uh, but even so, he wouldn't even be a big cap hit until that extension actually kicks in, which wouldn't be this year. But still, it, it, it gives you more options. So I like the idea of, okay, don't necessarily love anybody here. Uh, still have somebody in mind for 21. And, yeah, let's just trade out of this first round or trade out of this 19th pick in particular and then have something in the future because then we could attach this to something that we want to get rid of or we could attach this to a package that we're trying to use to actually get a big star. It never has to mean you have all your cap space, so now go inside a bunch of free agents. It's like, no, you have cap space also for the disgruntled star who asked for a trade. The Knicks are good again, and it's like, I want to go play there. Okay, cool. You can make that happen. Yeah, there's a lot of flexibility there. Also, I think, like I said before, it should be noted, they also do have the 30-second pick. Uh, so very early in the second round, you can still find some good value there. Maybe there's somebody they also like that they think they can get early in the second round. So that'll be interesting to see. And so you just you just never know. That's why you can't react. It's too early to react to some of this stuff um, where you're just going crazy over who they picked, who they didn't pick. Look, and recently, I just want to say, recent history, this should give Nick fans some hope. In recent history, the Knicks have had some good late-round, first-round success. We saw Emmanuel quickly drafted last year, who looks like a pretty solid rotation player. Mitchell Robinson was picked up in the second round a few years ago, who's become their starting center. Whether or not he can stay healthy, that's another thing. So it should be interesting. So, uh, Ian, this is from our guy, Ian Begley. Uh, Source confirms Knicks move number 19 to Charlotte for a future pick. and Knicks checked in on teams near Indiana at 13 today with Chris Duarte in mind. They also like Corey Kispert, Trey Murphy, and Trey Mann. All were off the board by the 19th pick. Uh, ESPN first reported New York had traded the pick. So you can see the mindset there as Ian's sort of letting you know. Knicks had their guys in mind. They all were off the board by 19. It's not who they wanted like we talked about. And they decided to move elsewhere. And I'm always fine with that. If you don't think there's a guy that fits your culture to come in, then, you know, it's okay to, it's okay to move on. But as I was saying... They've also shown late first round, early second round success. So, you know, with this regime, if they have a guy that they think they could get for better value, it might be interesting. It might be very interesting. So let's not jump the gun. Let's see what they do and see how they can add the talent. You know, or, or like you said, Brian, maybe, maybe a trade is coming. Maybe something to excite Brian. Evan, I see, I see you smiling. We, we want to see Brian get excited. So maybe a trade is coming for the Knicks. That'll make him smile. Maybe that just is. Still, still waiting to see what the uh, NBA, what's going to happen with the Knicks on this pick. Still, no announcement on what their pick will be. 
uh, at twenty one. I feel like I feel like honestly, based on like what we were just talking about, I feel like this could be another trade back. I think this could be another trade, just trade out of the first round, just get another uh, first round pick in the future and bank it. Because I, 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 I mean, yes, get best player available, but like if the Knicks traded out of this first round entirely and just were like, now nah, we're gonna actually try to pull off a a, a, a sizable trade here. I think that you should be fine with that, depending on what it is. Yeah, well, I was going to say that, right? Like, it depends on what it is and who they get back. I think or you're just attaching a first to, like, get rid of Kevin Knox and get something back. I don't know. But Well, I mean, yeah, if you think you can get yourself a useful, controllable player that's a rotation player, it's not, it's not crazy. It's not crazy at all whatsoever. You know, you, you, you can see that happening. We'll see. What happens? Nick fans are anxiously awaiting. Sign a uh, trade with the Heat for Kendrick Nunn. Yeah, that 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 would be very <laughs> interesting. I, I would have liked Jalen Johnson for the Knicks. I think he could have been a good fit because they need more wing help. I think that that's a guy that could have been a good fit, but I like that pick for Atlanta. And look, you still never know, man. Some of these players, we've seen this before, players get drafted. They think they're going to a team. They're switching the hat. You know, right. before yeah. we're we're a little bit ahead of the draft in terms of Ke- Kevin Knox. There, there you go. Let's see how Greg reacts to this in the chat. Kevin Knox and a and a and a and a first round pick. One of these first round picks. Attach it. The one you got from Charlotte. Attach that and then get back Kendrick Nunn in the sign and trade. <laughs> Who says yes? <laughs> Who says no? Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, uh. Don't, don't be shitting on my guy, yo. I'm, I'm not shitting on your guy. I'm just saying it doesn't. I'm just saying it doesn't move me any any kind of way. Can yeah. he said a first round pick attached to Kevin Knox for Kendrick Nunn in the signing trade? That's a no. Yeah, we need to go with that. That is clearly a no. He's a, clearly a, no. He's a rotation player. Doesn't really move the needle. For me. I mean, shit, yeah. he's better than Alfred Payton. I'm oh. not. Uh, <laughs> well, that's not much. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, look. But here's the thing: like, mm-hmm. th- they had the worst starting point guard in the NBA last year, more or less, yeah. probably less. And they had Derrick Rose. Uh, like Derrick Rose. Part of Derrick Rose being such an integral part of that team was that Alfred Payton was not good. So if you have somebody who's better than Alfred Payton, like, yeah, that matters. I'm not saying it's perfect. I'm just asking if you do it. <laughs> Um, I say no. Wow, Josh Christopher is still on the board, and all, all, all the all the slam all the slam uh, the kids who comment on the slams uh, posts they're excited about that. And Sharif Cooper, like, I, gonna, like, I guarantee you, slam and shout out to slam. This is you know, like I've done, work, yeah, I've done work with them. Greg's done work with them. They're great, but you yeah. know that if the Knicks get if the Knicks get. Yeah. Josh Christopher, Sharif Cooper, Slam's going to have a post ready in five seconds. Oh, <laughs> I can see it. I can absolutely see it. I can definitely see it. In the Mecca, you know what I'm saying? They they called they called Sharif Cooper a high school legend not that long ago. And I was like, is he really? And then I went and went and looked up his numbers. I was like, huh, I don't know if I can argue this one. Yeah, it was like 50. That, that dude was going crazy in high school. Just, yeah. I mean, shit. He had a he had a crazy year statistically in Auburn. It just wasn't uh, very efficient. But you know, I could see the pathway to Sharif Cooper being a good NBA player and also a very volatile one. So I could see either. Uh, shout out to my man Jesse Hoffrichter checking in on the show. We appreciate you. Told me I had good perspective on the Knicks. I mean, look, 
some some of us can be rational. Some of us can be rational. Uh, Thank you for choosing you. us over Kendrick Perkins, Jesse. We appreciate it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh man, this is the part of the night where the draft really slows down. Yeah, we're, we're really slow. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Wait. I don't know if you talked about this with Atlanta, but Jalen, them picking Jalen Johnson, mm-hmm. that's gotta mean Cam, uh, Reddish. Cam Reddish is going because that's you know that's same you know wing type guy. You've already heard the rumors that they're trying to trying to uh, shop Reddish, so. That'd be interesting. All right, this this according we're to Zach probably Rowe. we're probably and also regarding the street, we're probably done shortly after this. Shortly week. after this, yeah, we're not yeah. going to take you all the way and and bore you through the final picks of the first round. But this according to Zach, I'll Rowe, be pissed if we get off and there's a trade right oh, away. Oh, that's exactly what's going to happen. Exactly Colin exactly. Sexton for fucking whatever. You that's know what exactly I mean? what's going to happen. But you'll be fine, man. You got your cookies over there. You'll be straight. You'll be good. No, I'm done. Uh, I'm done. I, one cookie limit. That's it. Well, Zach Lowe will be. This he said this will be a heavily protected twenty-two Charlotte first rounder going to New York with protections that decrease over the next three seasons. So they're trading. They're trading number again. one to Detroit. <laughs> oh my god! The Knicks traded both of their picks. Wow. Listen, listen. I'm telling you, they're they're the Knicks. The Knicks are up to some shit, man. Trading wow. both of their picks. Wow. The, the, hmm. Wow. This is shocking. And, and nobody had any intel on this. To so they trade the Clippers. The Clippers. Johnson, and Clip, the Clippers Johnson. are going to take Keon Johnson, who Greg won. And look at Greg's face. Look at Greg's face. He's so stressed. He's so stressed. Uh, I like it, though. I like it. This is what you do. Well, explain explain why you like it, Brian. Why, why is this a good move for the Knicks? Because some people will say the Knicks need to acquire talent right now, young talent that can help them. Why is this a good move? I think what they're gearing up to do, as we mentioned before, is they're getting future first-round picks because they know that all of these GMs in the NBA get hard off of future first-round picks. So they're going to try to get as many picks as possible that they can, assuming that they don't like any of these players like that. They're just Mm -hmm. trying to get as many picks as possible, and then they're going to try to flip them for, again, a disgruntled star, some sort of player, whatever. Like, they're just adding up, as uh, white NBA reporters say, assets so that they can use them for a trade. And I like like the thinking here because I think that you're going to be able to come to the table and be like, look, we have Obi Top, not the saying that they should trade Obi Toppin or whatever, but we have Obi Toppin, we have Manuel Quickly, we have three, four first-round picks or whatever the case may be. Maybe they're just gearing up for the Damian Lillard trade. Maybe that's all this is also. Because Damian Lillard, um, we don't know necessarily like if he's going to get traded, but we do know that the possibility is there. And we know that the Knicks are one of the teams that are very interested and I think that they could be adding picks for that because they know that they probably can't do the trade right now. Portland's waiting, mm. Dame's waiting, and things of that nature. And usually these trades tend to happen later in the summer. So I think that they're just gearing up as many picks as possible because somebody's going to be pissed off in late August or whatever it is when shit is, like, dead. And then, boom, they're going to try to, like, make some sort of deal. It doesn't even have to be now. It could also be by the trade deadline. So, so what's interesting here, here, here are the pick protections on the Charlotte future uh, one to New York. 2022, top 18 protected. 2023, top 16 protected. 2024 and 2025, both top 14 protected. And it will turn into two future second round picks if not conveyed. Now, as far as the uh, 
as far as the trade, the Knicks the are getting number twenty five. The Knicks are going to get number twenty five from the Clippers and a future second. So the Knicks, the Knicks are moved down four spots to get a future second rounder, and mm. the Clippers are going to take Keon Johnson number twenty five. So the Knicks still can draft here, Greg. You can side trade that one too, baby. <laughs> <laughs> But Evan, Evan, I want to ask you this. Evan and Murph, I want to ask you this too, right? Because when you see moves like this, does this tell you that maybe the Knicks, I think what Brian said is astute in this, that they could be setting up for a, a trade for a future superstar. But maybe in the players they were looking at here, between 19 and their 32 where they're picking, maybe they didn't see that much difference in value between those players. And they said, let's stack up some assets for what Brian said. Is, is that a good team-building strategy that you guys would say to move forward? Uh, let me defer to Murph real quick. <laughs> uh, but anyway, I got something, but I want to hear what they first. Yeah. I mean, as far as team-building, I mean, it makes sense. If you don't – if they're not, is there, if there's not a guy that you really want at that 19 or 21 spot or two guys that you really want, or, and there are guys later that you feel are just as good, uh, you know, in the late twenties, or even let's say second round, that might that are projected to go second round, and you like, you know, one of those guys. I think it makes sense, um, you know, to to get more, you know, to acquire more assets um, in the future. And and you know, if you if you select two first round picks, that's that's two contracts, that's two uh, you know rookie contracts that you're going to have to pay out. So. Yeah, I think I think it's fair, and then obviously they didn't they didn't have their heart set on any one of these guys who's projected to be in this like nineteen to twenty three range. Uh, Evan, how, how do you feel about that in terms of a team building standpoint? So, I mean, the one thing that jumps out to me is that um, I used to live in Chicago in you know peak Tibbs era. He not the biggest fan of young players, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> So, so you have to be a certain type of guy for Tibbs to fall in love with you, or your process, or your, your work ethic, or whatever, and then and then you can play for him, like a Jimmy Butler type, you know, who came up mm. slowly. Um, in terms of the other thing, it's like like I was talking about earlier, and we've referenced this a bunch. It's fourteen through forty, like who they're they're about interchangeable. Some guys who we thought would have gone already are still on the board and so on and so forth. So it's like, if this guy isn't going to, if we're not, if we're sure this guy isn't going to get picked at 21, why not acquire assets to move back? If this guy is, I mean, unfortunately for Greg, like if this guy (laughs) is the guy, the guy that we want, isn't going to get picked at 25. Let's take another asset and keep moving back. Like, because for all we know, he could still be there at 40. And now you got three extra picks, you know? So it's a good strategy. Yeah, it isn't a bad strategy. Isaiah Jackson was going to be selected by the Wizards, but now will be traded to Indiana. Uh, Wizards were selecting Isaiah Jackson at 22. It really makes me wonder what the Knicks do at 32 uh, before we finally wrap. So we're not going to keep everybody here too much longer. But it makes me wonder what they would do at 32 and that difference in value, like you said. There's guys they didn't think was that much. 14 to 40 is a crapshoot. Um, you have somebody you really like that you think you get at 32 while still setting yourself up for the future. Maybe trades for a superstar because, like Brian said, Brian's completely right about this. GMs love those future first-round picks. I sometimes don't know why, 
But people even do. the protected ones, because people are pointing out that the Knicks got a heavily protected one that's going to decrease in value over time. But it's like these GMs just want picks. Like we saw in the James Harden deal that and Drew Holiday also that teams not only want picks, they want pick swaps, right? Like yep. it's just not they just want they just want the picks because I don't know. They just they just love the idea of, you know, hope trafficking and whatever the case may be. I don't know. Uh, maybe the Knicks are going to trade back again and keep stockpiling the picks. Um, you know, it's another thing we have to remember is that these organizations all know more than we do. And the Knicks probably have some intel around the league where it's like they may like, for example, somebody like Sharif Cooper. And from what they gather, they're like, we could wait a bit. Like, we don't have to take them at 19 or 21 or whatever. Like, this team doesn't like them at 23. This team is going to take this te- this guy. This team is going to take whomever. And they feel like they can get them later on. Like, they have that intel better than we do. And I think if that's the case, whether it's Sharif Cooper or whomever, then, yeah, like, I think that what they're doing is smart. So the Wizards are sending uh, the number 22 pick, Isaiah Jackson, to Indiana for Aaron Holiday. So Aaron Holiday. Oh, trade! Say that again. What was uh, it? It's a trade. Uh, the Wizards sending. Look, look at you. All you hear is a trade, and I'm so excited. The Wizards, like the, the Wizards are sending Isaiah Jackson to Indiana. Aaron Holiday going to DC. Straight up. Yeah, straight up. I don't know what Washington's roster is anymore. It's Bradley Beal and uh, the Miracles. That's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> Aaron Holiday was a first round pick two years ago. Yeah, he's like in the teens, I think. Yeah, he's played all right. He's been solid. Yeah, he's a holiday, so you know he's going to be in the league forever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he, he's sounds like he, he sounds like he's going to be a still in the league guy. Enter the Knicks right now. So remember, you're right. Knicks still three have a pick years at ago, actually. Three years. Three years ago, ago. Oh. Knicks still have a pick at twenty five. Maybe they trade back on that, or who knows? Knicks have been wheeling and dealing, but they look like they're starting to makes a move somewhat as a competent organization, right, Murph? They're looking they're doing some things with some thought in here. Yeah, I know something like, they're looking like, like the, it, yeah. they look, they're looking like the Brooklyn Nets when they talked about culture and all that stuff, didn't they? Yeah. 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 Wizards will also Wizards will also receive the 31st pick. So they also from, get that. from Indiana. From, from Indiana. Yep. They also yeah, received the holiday pick. was actually a tw- the twenty third pick in the draft. I think Indiana got that pick from Milwaukee earlier today, right? That was the pick? Thirty one? I think uh, that was the same one. From oh, and, oh, yeah, I think so. I think, think it might have been. Um, yeah. I, th- I also think that the Knicks, like, I think they could trade back out of the first round again because the cap space issue, right? Like, we saw this with the Nets before they ended up signing Kevin Durant Kyrie Irving. Like, even late in the first round, those first round picks don't necessarily take up a lot of cap space, but they take up some because those contracts are guaranteed. Whereas in the second round, you could play with it a little more, add an option. You could even, and we've seen this before, where somebody will get drafted late in the second round and they won't even sign a standard, like, rookie way scale contract. They'll just sign a two-way contract because that's what the team will offer them. You know what I mean? So I think that, like, if you trade out of the first round entirely, you're protecting your cap space. And, again, these organizations sort of have more intel on all this stuff than we do. Like, clearly the Nets knew ahead of time in 2019, they were going to get Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, which is why they ended up trading out of the first round. And then I think they actually got Nick Claxton, who's not a bad player. So we'll see what happens with the Knicks. I'm not saying that they're going to have, like, they're going to wind up with Kawhi Leonard necessarily. But, you know, you have you have room to do things. A lot of room to do things. All right. We're not going to keep everybody. We've been rocking in this for almost 
three hours, two hours and 44 minutes. It's been a long first round of the draft. It was fun doing this uh, live show and hotel podcast. Uh, Evan Gualberto, thank you, man. We appreciate your insight, your, your coaching knowledge, your study of video. Um, you got to come back and do this with us again. We're going to do some more live shows. So we'd, we'd love to have you. And Evan does a great show with Sabrina Merchant, who's been on the NBA Exchange with me. Uh, they do a fantastic show together. And, you know, I really think people should check that out. And Evan's got one of the best YouTube channels in terms of breaking down the film of players. So really check that out, man. Ev, thank you, man. We appreciate you joining us here, man. Thank you so much. Appreciate you guys. This was, this was fun. I'm glad you had fun. I'm glad, I'm glad to see you were able to stay cool and Brian's energy did not rub <laughs> off on you. So you started going crazy for trades because Brian, Brian can be infectious. We've seen him infect other people on shows that, uh, We've been doing it. He can be infectious. I get Gerard all the time, and he doesn't give me credit. I get Gerard every single time. You change, you change the energy. (laughs) You change the energy of uh, of people. Murph, thank you as always, man, for your insight. Appreciate you. Uh, you. Murph, Murph, and I will be talking about the draft, sort of recapping it tomorrow on NBA Exchange. You can catch that Uh, tomorrow. Brian and I uh, obviously have more for you in terms of the podcast next week. We want to do this live on Monday when free agency starts. Uh, mm-hmm. at, was that six o'clock? Monday? Deals, baby. Deals. Evan, Evan, if you want to come back on and join us as a guest, you are more than welcome, uh, my brother, to come back on. We, we will we'll see what we can do about that. But that's a wrap uh, for this live edition of the Hotel Podcast NBA Draft uh, special. Special thanks to our producer, Gregory Alcala. Greg, I hope you're okay. Um, it'll, it'll be, it's going to be all right. <laughs> I think I think we'll be fine. Uh, he says he's good, so that means we good. We're good. Uh, thanks to everybody for watching. We appreciate the support. Thanks to everybody for sharing. If you didn't get to watch this, caught this at the end. We'll put up the audio on our feed uh, on all the podcast streaming platforms, so you can check it there. So for Evan Gualberto, for Jamal Murphy, the Black Catologist, my man Brian Fonseca, I'm Dexter Henry. Until next time, y'all. Peace. Thank you.